Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. He's Dave Schwan, WGN News. And he's Dean Diamond, WGN Radio host. (laughs) Before the show, we have our pre-show meeting. Yes. (laughs) We go through, a lot of people don't know, we go through a full rehearsal uh, of the show. Dress rehearsal. All four hours in about five minutes. Yeah, dress. it's a dress rehearsal, Mm -hmm. full dress rehearsal. Uh, What you are hearing right now, the writers have been changing for days. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's not one word of the show that is spontaneous. <laughs> Everything is meticulously scripted. But we were talking about that uh, I was visiting a friend of mine in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, who I've known since I was five years old. And he found some old uh, reel-to-reel tapes from our pretend radio station that we had uh, back in the day when my name, my, my fake radio name was Dean Diamond. That's awesome. You should have kept Because I shine. You should have play, play kept the hits, man. Here's the Beatles. <laughs> Dean Diamond shining with you, man. Sparkling. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I don't know what I... I must have had some copies of these tapes, but I don't know what happened to him. But he's he did have them. So You didn't include any of that in your first audition tape, did you? No. <laughs> no. No, and I hesitate. Uh, you know, we're going to try to transfer them to see what we sounded like when we were ten years old, as little baby DJs, liter- <laughs> literally baby DJs. Dean Diamond. And I'm a little afraid of <laughs> what you're going to hear. Yeah. <laughs> what if I sounded better then than I do now? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's entirely possible. I think it would be really interesting and fun. That when you get this done, for when you, you have them transferred. Interesting and fun for interesting you. Interesting and fun for, to for play you. these. For you. Yes, but I think for our listeners also to play these on the show. Why would that be interesting? It, it shows... Um, here's the Beatles. <laughs> um, here's the um, mamas and... The pa- papas. Papas. Papas, yes. The papas. <laughs> as, as the king once said. Papa. Our fake radio station was WCKD, the station for you and me. Oh, I nice. like that. Because one guy's name was Charlie, one guy's name was Kevin, one guy's name was Dean. Okay. WCKD. Beautiful. The station for you and me, everybody. <laughs> Dean Diamond shining. <laughs> Maybe I'll go back to that. You should. Dean Diamond you shining. You should. Dean Diamond, shining just for you. Maybe when I'll we do just... a National Disc Jockey Day, we'll do that that way. Do you have any old tapes? Yes, uh, I do. I don't know where they are. Oh, right now. how convenient! Yeah, <laughs> I know where mine are. Andy, this yeah. um, this is what started. Andy said that he found some tapes. Yeah. of him. How old were you doing play by? But you've got video. So yeah, this is a video oh, of a, of a Maine East basketball game against Evanston. I want to say it was nineteen eighty five. Nice. So I was probably seventeen, nice. eighteen. Yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah, it's it's painfully embarrassing. It's really bad. And then uh, I, I did discover some of my old uh, top forty uh, tapes from when I was in Peoria. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. Well, those are hilarious sounds. If we can, if we can get uh, these tapes transferred, I'll I'll play the Dean Diamond 
I have segment. Uh, well, I if have, you're going to do it, I'll do it too. Yeah, I have. I've bunch of stuff in like he Schwani, who has saved everything that he's owned since 1961, <laughs> suddenly, uh, oh, I can't find the I tape. Can't find Stone, it. everybody. This goes out to Mary Beth who lives across the street. Bye, bye, <laughs> I used to do dedications for the girls uh, in, uh, that lived on my block. Did you have a working transmitter? Yes. Well, oh. wasn't quite legal, but yeah, yes. no, it wasn't. These days, you could do a low-power FM here and make it legal. Really? Yeah. Let's start one. Okay. <laughs> I got a full basement in my house. <laughs> Funny with that. That would oh, be hilarious. That would be great. We started another pretend radio that station. That would be great. <laughs> For senior citizens. As I... <laughs> All I needed was my Mr. Microphone, and I could broadcast yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I'll come back and pick you up later. <laughs> hey, good looking. <laughs> Man, oh man. Uh, well, the memories uh, were flooding back uh, right after the show last week. I uh, hopped on a plane for the first time and went to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan because uh, I didn't want to drive for six hours. Uh, it was a 45-minute flight. I don't know what took me so long. Where to, did you fly into? Marquette? I flew into Marquette. Marquette? Yep. Okay. Sawyer International Airport. Yeah. Which sounds way bigger than the airport really is. <laughs> International because they get Canadian flights. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Howard Sprague was the ticket agent. <laughs> and, <laughs> and B was and B was working TSA. <laughs> Pet people down. Stand over there. It was very much a Mayberry like experience. I hate to sound old like city boy snobby, but what because they were they they it's greeted you with town. a smile no, it's and, a small town you know, you know. well sawyer is not that small really I, or uh, marquette, marquette no that's the biggest city in the up it, there. it is and then i rented a car uh goober was the uh <laughs> current, <laughs> current <lady. laughs> And uh, then I drove. Did he tell you about the oil leak in the car? (laughs) Tell me I got a pop. I got me a great pop while I was there. Uh, An orange crush. (laughs) uh, Now, this whole thing was based around a secret surprise party for my friend, Charlie, who I uh, grew up with. I've literally known him since I was five years old. We grew up together. We went to school together. We did everything together. There were three of us, three musketeers. You guys probably had friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. Uh, and um, one, one of the three musketeers has now passed away. So there's the two of us. We haven't really seen each other in a long time. We talk all the time, uh, but we haven't seen each other. So my friend, Charlie's son, calls me months ago. And said, we're going to have a surprise birthday party for dad up here in the UP, which is where he lives now. Because we, we used to go camping there when we were kids, camping and fishing when we were kids. And he liked it so much, he actually moved there. So uh, they're, they're having this big surprise party. And he said, nothing would surprise my dad more than if you showed up. Uh, and um, that was true. He was pretty shocked. <laughs> he was pretty shocked. You know, They had a big party for him in a restaurant. His family's there, you know, he's happy to see his whole family's there, and they stick me off to the side into a different room, and then I make my entrance, because I'm dramatic like that, <laughs> <laughs> with the full orchestra, 60-piece orchestra, yeah. and I mm-hmm. make my entrance. 
and he was shocked. He was shocked. He was just staring at me, and not there was no emo, no reaction at all. And then, and then he like he got emotional, you know, and it was uh, you know nice. And I said, "What was with the ten seconds of no reaction?" No, he just couldn't believe it. He said, "At first, I thought, wow, that guy looks just like Dean." <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, it is Dean. Wait a minute, hold it. So we had a nice weekend, uh, you know, the whole Fourth of July weekend, a nice. Small town Fourth of July celebration in uh, Gladstone, Michigan, is where uh, we stayed. I stayed at the Gladstone Motel. There, <laughs> very, very glamorous, uh, very, very nice. Ellie was the hotel uh, <laughs> <laughs> manager. <laughs> she doesn't have the drugstore anymore, but <laughs> um, very, very nostalgic. You know, reliving the old Did days. Did the darlings provide the musical oh, entertainment? That, would, that could have only that would have been the the cherry on the <laughs> Sunday, Sunday on the Sunday on the Sunday, not Sunday, Sunday. Uh, it was very nice, and you just you know you just realize, you know, you get into this big city pace in which you live your life. You literally could feel your blood pressure going down while you're up there absolutely everything is nice and slow and relaxed and as you said before uh you know everybody's polite and smiling and you know friendly and you know like that and i of course i push them aside to get out of my way i had things to do (laughs) (laughs) but it was nice it's nice an old-fashioned small town fourth of july street and everybody's going there's a stranger in town (laughs) he's the bald guy (laughs) The bald stranger seen here. He got off the bus a few minutes ago. <laughs> stranger in town. Uh, well, my bodyguards uh, <laughs> pushed them all out of the way before I ever. <laughs> no, it was nice. Uh, they have uh, there's it's you know it's right on the water. Gladstone, of course, is right on the water, and they uh, they shot the fireworks off there on the Fourth of July, and you know it was nice. It was a, just a really quaint, lovely wonderful few days uh how long has your friend lived there now he's been there i'll bet 20 oh is that right over 20 years wow maybe 25 years something yeah he loved it up there and and let me tell you something that there's nothing to do up there it's he and he loves you get outside marquette he loves it and people love it you know people I, i could never do it but uh it's it there there there's you know there's nothing to do you just all, all you got to do is relax, I guess. You think winters can be a little rough here? The snow they get there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hunker down. Yes. <laughs> so I'm leaving. When I'm leaving, I'm coming home now. I turn on the GPS. I'm leaving. I have a 7 a.m. flight, so I have to leave super early from Gladstone, Michigan, to go back to Marquette. Did Aunt B pack you a sack she lunch? She pa- a paper bag full of uh, fried, fried chicken. chicken. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And a piece of the apple pie. <laughs> careful. Careful, it might spill. <laughs> See you at the airport. I'll pat you down. Ta-ta! Um, my GPS is taking me down all these little windy roads, gravelly roads. And I thought the GPS is, the, you know, is, is like inspiring. This is how my life's going to end. <laughs> On one of these little gravelly, windy little uh, roads and you know it's pitch black it's four o'clock in the morning pitch black outside and i thought this is it this is how it ends but the gps was right was right mm-hmm. yep. 
Not a fan. Well, of, how far were you from the airport, though, when you... Oh, you went to Gladstone and stayed I, there. I went to Gladstone. Yeah, okay. Right. Which is just right outside of mm-hmm. Rapid River, Michigan, and mm-hmm. Escanaba. Escanaba, yeah. Escanaba's where the Walgreens is. In case, mm-hmm. okay. case you're ever there and you need anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Walgreens has that. You can go get that at Walgreens. Was Mr. Foley running the store, the grocery store? <laughs> Mr. Foley. He's the man that runs the store in Mayberry. You don't know that? Yeah, you went, you you got went me. In, you went in deeper than I remember. Was he the mean guy? No. That no, no, to be no. In jail that's, on that's Christmas? Weaver. That's, that's Ben Weaver. That's the department store guy. No, Mr. Foley runs the grocery store, the meat market. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go down the Andy Griffith rabbit hole. You started it. I blame myself. You started I it. I do blame myself. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that you were going to go into B and C level <laughs> cast members on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> some lovely restaurants. We went to some lovely restaurants. I don't remember the name. Unlike Schwani, when he goes on vacation and mayor brings back all the names of everything because everything was been comped for his whole trip. Uh, but it was uh, it was very nice. It was very very nice. Oh, you, would you go back sure. for a visit? Of course. This time of year, it's fantastic oh, up it's there. Oh, it's gorgeous up there. Gorgeous. Here's a text that said, I grew up in Gladstone, Michigan. Isn't that nice? The 4th of July is the best. Mm-hmm. It was very, very nice. They had tons of food trucks, and you know, people brought their lawn chairs out and blankets out in Gladstone Park, I think it was called. And uh, then uh, it's really nice fireworks display. It was very nice. And this text said, did you watch the log rolling in the park? I did not see any log rolling, but I heard about it. I heard. I, th- I don't know if it happened a day or two before or something. But I, I, uh, I was uh, when I heard about that, I thought that would be something fun for us to do. Uh, that at, would at be treetop. a new hobby for you. Yeah, that would be fun. Log <laughs> rolling. If we can somehow set that up at tree time for our big broadcast <laughs> next year. <laughs> They've got plenty of room outside. Yeah, the three of That's us. That's true. Log rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Paramedics are standing by. Pasties. What? What? There's a, there's a store that sells nothing but pasties. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, there was a radio station in a restaurant in Munising, Michigan, in mm-hmm. the northern peninsula yes. there. Real radio station. Yeah. That's where we should do the show. Yeah. I had my you eye sound on, real interested. I had my eye on uh, uh, WDCB in Escanaba. It's a little community radio station. 680 on your AM dial. <laughs> uh, I'd like to do How can that. it have the same call letters as the one here in Glen Ellen? Oh, well, no, wait. What did I say? W... You said WDCB. It, may be, it might be DBC. I got to look yeah. it up. I can't remember. It, it's very similar, but it's a little community radio station, cute as can be. And they would run us out of town in a re- 10 minutes <laughs> if we did our if show that, there. If that. Right. Get in the way of the, <laughs> the show that sells used mattresses and <laughs> household items. Anyway, so are we let's about get to do the to, far-flung yeah, forecast? We are in, and actually, we're not going to be too far at all. In fact, staying very, very, very local today. Slow week, huh? Well, no, there's a reason. <laughs> no, there's a reason for this. We go right across the Illinois-Indiana line to Whiting, Indiana oh, this that, morning. That's where I get my cigarettes and fireworks. It, well, you're right along uh, Calumet Avenue and Indianapolis Boulevard there. Yes, uh, Whiting, Indiana. <laughs> 
goes back to 1871. It had a uh, post office then. It doesn't now? Yes, it does. Oh. <laughs> well, Whiting was also incorporated in 1895. It is also home to uh, what is now the largest oil refinery in the Midwest. Oh, yes. One of the largest anywhere in the country. And may I see ago. one of the most aromatic refineries <laughs> growing you, up near that area. You, you, you would know about it. One of yeah. the most aromatic. It was known, of course, for many years as the Standard Oil Refinery, now run by BP. But we mentioned Whiting, Indiana today because, Dean, as you were involved with a surprise birthday party for your friend i was delighted to be involved for a surprise party for my friend and a loyal listener to this program norb dudzik in whiting indiana have we met norb yes he was on because we had him on with the pierogi fest a year or two ago i remember norb 80 years old uh today and his wife carol uh, threw him a very nice surprise birthday party on friday it was great to be there and see old friends so a very happy birthday to norb and best wishes to uh, carol and his family oh that's nice whiting indiana sunny and 69 right on the lakefront andy do you have any old friends you'd like to uh talk about uh, today since that's what we're doing on the show today i've got uh, my buddy since kindergarten rob saper who may not be listening and uh, my buddy john cuccinato who was also uh first grade friend very nice and yeah, they were they were at the uh at the wedding oh, okay they were the ones that talked <laughs> the, the little roast of me at the end oh yes yeah. yes yes yeah. okay oh, very nice yeah. all right so today's show uh things that the listeners couldn't possibly know about uh <laughs> things that are completely personal that don't make any sense whatsoever uh to the listeners we'll have plenty of that by the way uh Shwani, that station the radio station uh, in Escanaba? Yes. WDCB. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify the call letters. WDCB, AM 680. <laughs> I'll have to find out the uh, call letters of that station. Yeah, find out some of their technical. It was right by the bar. Fancy that. Everything was right by the bar. <laughs> That's not that unusual. This is the segment of the program where we talk with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Welcome back, Dr. Most. Wonderful to have you back on with us. Dean, how are you? Doing very well. All rested from the holiday weekend. You'd be very uh, proud of me. I've been protecting my bald head in the uh, all this sun. Uh, you know, and uh, hydrating and all the things that we're supposed to do in this kind of weather. Good, and I hope, I'm sure Dr. Taglia did a great job last week while I was slacking and not working for you. (laughs) Dr. Taglia, Dr. Taglia doing a wonderful job uh, while you were sloughing off. Uh, It must be nice for you just to not give medical advice every single place that you go, right? Because once somebody finds out you're a doctor, you're you're in for it then, right? Yeah, but usually once I ask them for their copay, they kind of calm down <laughs> often. <laughs> Kevin walks around with one of those one of those things that you can swipe uh, credit cards, <laughs> no matter where he goes. Uh, the big medical news this week it was the FDA's full approval of this Alzheimer new Alzheimer drug which we talked about the week previous with the uh, president of the Alzheimer's Association. But just bring us up to date with this. What is this new drug? Uh, what kind of potential uh, does it have? Uh, people need to be talking to their physicians if they are uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's, right? 
Absolutely. You know, we talk about blockbuster drugs. This one is going to be probably the tip of the iceberg, meaning that this is the first line of this drug that is is really impacting a disease where in the past we really have not had anything for it. You know, and it's called the Kembe, and like you said, it got full FDA approval this week, midweek, which was, you know, just unbelievably great news. And what it is, it's a drug that we know, and going back even to when the Dr. Alzheimer in 1906 uh, noticed this illness, that there were these clumps of protein in the brain. And what this drug does is it removes those clumps. We never knew if this is going to be the cause of Alzheimer's or because of this Alzheimer's occurs, but it certainly looks like this is going to slow the progression of the illness in people early onset, which is just phenomenal news. And now it really is going to be getting to your doctor, talking about if you have concerns, getting tested to see if this drug would be appropriate for you. Is this a a medication which is taken in pill form, uh, injected? uh, You know, how, how does one take this? Yeah, so that's, you know, that's one of the problems with a lot of new drugs is that they're currently in the form where you have to have an infusion. So this is given to you in, through an IV, and it's every uh, twice a month through the IV. Now, they're working on an oral dose of it, but they have to figure out how they can get it past the stomach acids to still be in the form mm-hmm. that it's needed to work in the body because the stomach acid will break this down. Uh, it's a monoclonal antibody uh, drug, so if the stomach breaks it down in the oral form, then it's not worth working. So right now, currently, it is going to be in an infusion form, and uh, hopefully you'll see an oral form of this in the somewhat future. And uh, I would guess that the cost of the drug is uh, pretty astronomical right at the moment. Yes, it is. You know, the cost of the drug is north of $26,000. But I think what's probably more important is the FDA about a month ago said, hey, if the drug for Alzheimer's gets full approval, in other words, it's gone through the process and it's been approved, not in a clinical trial, not, you know, something that's still experimental, that it will cover the cost. Mm. So that's really good news when you think about, you know, six and a half million people have Alzheimer's right now. This is a drug for the earlier onset of uh, Alzheimer's. So you probably have a million people in the United States right now that would qualify for this medication. So certainly the cost is going to hit, but we also have to look at the long game. If we slow this disease down, do we now have longer life, we have a productive life, um, more value and less hospitalizations and less other medical costs. So they've done the math to figure out that this will be a good investment and the right thing to do for people. Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked so many times about w- what a cruel disease this is, not only for the person who actually has the Alzheimer's, but for their family members, their loved ones, their caregivers. Uh, it, this is a tough one, and if there is anything that can slow it down, and probably will be covered by Medicare and your insurance. Uh, you know, you, you need to talk to your doctor. You need to talk to your insurance uh, about uh, investigating, uh, taking this on, because it has been now fully approved. Those are the next steps, right? Talking to your doctor about it? Absolutely. That's, that's definitely the next step. And we all have to understand that this, this drug, let's compare.
compare this to penicillin, right? Our first antibiotic ever was penicillin, and we, boy, we all got around it saying, look at what this can do against infections. Same thing with Alzheimer's. This is the first drug. They will only get better from here on, and there's about three or four more in the pipeline. And as they get better, you'll see lower side effects, hopefully easier way to take the medication, and a lower cost. I mean, look at antibiotics now. We have hundreds of antibiotics to choose from because of the advancement of finding one and then perfecting it as we move forward. Yeah, somebody on the 847 area code is asking about the side effects of this Alzheimer's drug. Has there been uh, any, notably? I mean, every drug has something, right? Absolutely. There have been some um, fairly severe. Some individuals have brain swelling. Some had strokes. Um, some had bleeding in the brain. <clears throat> what they found is that there's usually this one subset that has this genetic condition um, where they're, they're going to see the chance of side effects much higher. FDA hasn't done it yet, but we assume that they are going to say you must have genetic testing prior to getting the drug because if you fall in this one class, you have to understand that you have a much higher chance of having a bad side effect. Now, the vast majority of people are not going to have that. They're going to have fever, chills. They're going to have simple, uh, I shouldn't say simple, but side effects that are very tolerable. However, there is this smaller subset that does have some bad side effects that we need to identify those individuals, make sure they understand the risk of that, and then use the drug appropriately in that group of patients. Yeah. Bottom line, talk to your doctor uh, to learn more and see how this uh, may uh, or may not be uh, something that's helpful for you. I don't know why on our text line we haven't had any COVID-related questions in uh, quite a long time, but we've got quite a few this morning. Uh, from the 608 area code, uh, Dr. Mose, do you recommend taking the second bivalent booster now or wait until September to take the new vaccination for COVID for people over 65 years old? Yeah. It's a question that has been asked over and over and over again. I'm glad that people at least have the thought process now of what should I do next. Right. So right now, my recommendation would be, you have to remember that the BA4, BA5, that's the bivalent booster that we have. Totally different than the original COVID vaccine. The BA4, BA5 was the bivalent booster. We got it once in the fall or early winter, and then we were silent on a second booster until just recently. Canada had done it. UK had done it. Across the world, they had done it. We were silent until the FDA said, oh, you know what? We should probably have that over the age of 65. Well, I talk about messaging. Well, then now what you do, you message right after that and say, oh, by the way, in the fall, we are going to have the vaccine for the XBB, which is the strain that we're seeing currently, which just added more confusion to people. My current recommendation at this point is to wait for the XBB and to take that one, which is the strain that we're seeing currently circulating Mm -hmm. here. Unless you have a high risk of having a bad infection, I would wait. If you say, hey, I'm immunocompromised, I have cancer, I'm getting chemotherapy, I'm diabetic, I have heart disease, okay, you can go ahead and get that. But the BA4, BA5 is not the ideal match strain right now. It is the XBB, which will be in the vaccine in the fall. Hopefully that didn't confuse people. Yeah. Uh, 847 area code says, my husband is 70 I'm 69. We've both had COVID at the end of April. So we're about 90 days out of the end of COVID. 
We have several trips coming up at the end of July. We're both fully boosted, but we have appointments to get additional boosters today. Is that appropriate? We're both in reasonably good health and had no side effects from previous boosters. No, um, I would say no. I mean, if you've been fully boosted, in other words, you've gotten two of your boosters and you just had an infection a couple months ago, you still have the natural immunity. I think you are covered until the fall. I would Unless there's some other underlying uh, condition that I'm not aware of with what you're saying, but it sounds like you're fairly healthy, have had two boosters, which is what the recommendation is, and you've had an infection recently, you, you, you're very well covered. All right. Let's go to our phone line, which is 312-981-7200. That's for text or phone calls, 312-981-7200. And, Ted, you're on the air with Dr. Kevin Most. Hello. Yes, good morning, Dean and Dr. Kevin. Thanks for having me on this morning. Uh, Hey, my question to you, Dr. Kevin, is if you would, just rank in harmfulness to us as humans, alcohol, tobacco, and cannabis. Oh. Wow. Mm -mm. That's an interesting question. Okay. Would have been a good question Um, for before the 4th of July holiday weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if I was going to rank those, I would certainly rank alcohol number one. And when I say that, alcohol in in moderation is okay. But alcohol in, in, you know, too much obviously is going to have impact on many illnesses as well as other health-related issues. So I would rank alcohol number one. Tobacco, I would rank number two. And again, Tobacco, if people understand the the risk of of lung cancer based on how many years you've been smoking and how much you've been smoking, and you know that if you stop that smoking at an early age or at a good age, your lungs can um, reinvigorate and get back almost to normal. And then I would put marijuana third, mainly because we know that there's a lot of medicinal uses for marijuana, and used in the right format and in a controlled environment is fine. And we know, like I said, you have patients receiving chemotherapy right now that marijuana is the only reason that they can keep their nutritional status up. So that would be my ranking. But very interesting question, Ted. Thank you. I wondered uh, just about the ingestion of uh, marijuana smoke uh, into the lungs. You know, any any foreign, uh, you know, kind of pollutant in the air uh, being ingested into the lungs, if that had some effect, because honestly, I don't know if it's just the places that I go. I smell weed everywhere I go now. People are smoking <laughs> marijuana everywhere now. And, Amen. And, and I Amen. Wa- and I wonder. I wonder. You know, is there is, is there no effect uh, for marijuana like there is for tobacco, where you're getting secondary smoke? Well, you have to remember that tobacco is treated with so many chemicals and so many carcinogens that really that's the biggest issue here. So when we look at marijuana, if it's naturally grown, certainly it could irritate the lungs. We know it does. It causes coughing. You know, any kind of smoke would irritate it, but certainly not to the level of the carcinogens that are found in tobacco smoke. Mm. And unfortunately, in a lot of other air pollutants that we're exposed to every day. I, I uh, wondered also when you were talking about, you know, if you quit tobacco smoking at a reasonable age, you can uh, reinvigorate your uh, lungs as a result of that. For how long does that damage remain after you quit smoking? Well, it really depends on how much you smoke and for how long. We go by pack years. So someone that hits 
the 30 pack years. So two packs a day for 15 years, 30 pack years. That's kind of a magic number there and a tipping point for the damage that you've done to your lungs really increases your chance of lung cancer. Now, there's two different things. You know, we can say I can smoke and I will have irritation in my lung. I'll have bronchitis. I can have um, early signs of COPD after a long time. COPD, where we have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, that is not going to come back. You have damaged your lungs to a point where they are not going to work, Mm. and we need to give medication and other breathing treatments to make sure that we get the maximum capacity out of our lungs. However, the individual who has smoked for a couple of years only and more has done it socially, you stop smoking now, your lungs will be back to essentially normal, really, in a I don't want to say a very short period of time, but certainly within a year. Now, I was about a, I was about a pack a day smoker thirty five years ago. Am I am I fairly in the clear oh, that's now? Why Dean's asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly you are, Dean. I mean, now really the damage that that smoke has has done. If it didn't get to a point of COPD damage, which it certainly hasn't with you. Um, your lungs are probably back to the capacity that they would find in a normal, you know, 60-plus-year-old right. individual. Right. If Dr. Oz was here, he'd bring out some healthy-looking lungs so you could see what they look like uh, right. <laughs> instead of the gross uh, black, black ones that he'd bring out. And uh, you'd mentioned, too, if uh, for drinking alcohol uh, in moderation, it's okay. What would you say is moderation? People are going to be outside enjoying cool drinks all day today because it's going to be so nice. What, what Kevin, is a... A moderate amount of uh, beverages to have, alcoholic beverages. Yeah, you know, when we look at individuals who drink a glass of wine or two glasses of wine a day, we know that there's a heart benefit for that just because of some of the chemicals that are actually in wine. We look at some of the other hard spirits, and there's not that much benefit (laughs) at all. So certainly I would limit yourself to a drink, two drinks a day. Anybody who really is drinking, you know, four or five drinks in a day, probably needs to talk to their doctor, should have their liver tested, you know, get some of the blood tests to see to make sure there's damage. And then also talk about, we have to understand, this is a a disease that can be somewhat silent, but then also is very apparent. And we really have a lot of individuals with alcohol-related issues, and, and alcoholism is very high. So certainly something where your doctor asks you about it, be honest, you know, tell them how many drinks you have. Uh, whether it's going to be, you know, counseling you on how to drink better and safer, um, or if it's at a point where, you know, you really do need some help. Uh, and let me just follow up one more, uh, Ted. Uh, your your question is a really good one. Um, what about edibles? A lot of people are not smoking marijuana, but uh, ingesting it in uh, candy and brownies and, you know, baked bake goods. Any difference in health uh, uh, aspects with that? Uh, certainly. So you wouldn't have the irritation in the lungs. Um, the, the one concern I have with edibles is the content. How much? Who made those brownies? How much marijuana is in there? And it's kind of in your, in your system now. You know, where you're smoking, you can stop smoking. But once you've ingested it, it's in your system now, and you have to wait for it to run its course. So certainly I would be careful with edibles, but again, 
what's the individual taking it for? A medicinal reason or a pleasure reason? And that's the, that's probably the tipping point there. Yeah, far out uh, question, Ted. Thank you very much. It was yeah. a very interesting one. Uh, related to that, the 847 on our text line, uh, what's your take on chewing tobacco? Oh, terrible. I mean, I hate to say it that way, um, but it is bad. If you look at the number of people who have oral cancers and throat cancers, um, people think that chewing tobacco is good. It's not getting in my lungs. It's not going to cause lung cancer. But when you put that tobacco up against a very um, vascular part of your body, the inside of your mouth is extremely vascular. For anybody who's ever cut the inside of their mouth, they know how much that bleeds. So certainly you are going to uh, ingest or, excuse me, absorb the contents of the, alcohol, of, the, of the chewing tobacco. And we have seen more and more. Fortunately, it's been decreasing now because the popularity of it has obviously dropped quite a bit. Um, but certainly we know that that is causing a lot of individuals a lot of problems, not only with their dental health, but also cancers of the mouth and tongue. Yeah. Um, you can almost go back to chewing tobacco for a vast majority of it. Yeah, not to mention it's so disgusting when some yeah. people are yeah. chewing and spitting. <laughs> Beth, <laughs> Beth, you're on with Dr. Most on WGN. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Um, Dr. Most, is the Alzheimer's drug... Uh, useful only for newly diagnosed or can it benefit people that have been afflicted for a while it's a great question beth and the concern is going to come down to how advanced is the disease so in other words people could be diagnosed early and still have what they would call the early signs of it and it hasn't advanced and hasn't progressed much what they are going to do with this drug is obviously if they said we're going to give it to every patient with alzheimer's we would swamp the system and they probably couldn't even make enough of the drug. So really what it's looking at right now is looking at it's going to be used for individuals who are early onset or minor symptoms. So um, the person with advanced is probably not going to get the benefit that they've seen with this drug. But those individuals who are early onset, just diagnosed, minor symptoms, it certainly would be the one that they would be uh, focusing right now. But still something with which Beth should check with a doctor, right? Oh, 100%. 100% because what you think may be advanced, the doctor may say, oh, no, that's minor still. Those, you know, the, the stages of Alzheimer's as far as where an individual falls, the FDA hasn't said exactly what stage they're going to cover up to, but certainly it's going to be in those early stages. Good luck to you, Beth. Thank you for the call, Dr. Most. I hope you enjoy your beautiful Sunday today. And as always, thank you for all the great information. We appreciate it. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Oh, my bald head in that sun yesterday. It started off so crummy yesterday morning, right? It was like, yeah, oh, rainy. Yeah, it cleared and, off and had a beautiful afternoon. And it turned out to be super sunny. Uh, and uh, my bald head had no protection. <laughs> well, wear a hat. Well, it was raining. All the more reason to wear a hat. I can see you in one of those big rain hats. I can see you in one of those yellow raincoats that <laughs> I have one. The kids wore I in have school. One. Galoshes? Did you wear galoshes also? Um, yeah. <laughs> Andy, do you even know what galoshes are? I've heard of them before, but <laughs> never worn them. I realize that that's a word that people like stare at me when I say certain words that. <laughs> Only Schwani and I understand. <laughs> Your glasses or spectacles. Hey, you know who I saw yesterday? Former producer Ryan. 
Really? Oh, he did? Yeah. He was. He just got married, uh, like, what, a month ago or something? Mm-hmm. And if I may say, in one of the most beautiful ceremonies I've ever seen. <laughs> the officiant was very efficient. The, 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 Conducted. Yes. yes. <laughs> I officiated. You behaved Ryan's. very well. I, I did. did. did a I? great job. I was on super nice behavior that day. But uh, I'm at the uh, Roscoe Village uh, Burger Fest yesterday. I was one of the judges. Let me tell you about eating 10 hamburgers, by the way. <laughs> The Joey Chestnut of uh, the oh, burger. I never want to see another hamburger as long as I live. I, I don't believe that. But who walks up? Uh, young Ryan and his lovely uh, bride, uh, Alexis. Alexis. Nice. That's great. Yeah. So that he had a nice time. And you said, you, what, who are you? Is that what you said? <laughs> they pretended what? like I what didn't you know. know? I had my, body, my bodyguards carry him off. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who that is. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he was there uh, enjoying the festival, and uh, it was great. It was really fun. A lot of, a lot of great music, a lot of great uh, food, uh, and I, I didn't eat 10 full hamburgers, but I, I had two, three bites of 10 hamburgers mm. from, the, from the whole deal. And have you ever heard of this place called the Stop Along? I have heard of it. It's on North Milwaukee. They, they have a location on North Milwaukee and uh, also North Cal- uh, California. In Bridgeport, I think. Uh, but they won the competition. There was a blind testing. I was judging along with uh, Alderman Scott Wagespach from the 32nd Ward and uh, Samantha Esposito from this uh, website called Chicago Burger Bible. And we all, uh, we had a, they had a blind test of the 10 burgers that were participating in the contest. And uh, we chose uh, the Stop Along as our favorite burger. Hmm. So I'm going to have my stomach pumped, uh, so I can go back today. <laughs> oh, you're going to see? I didn't. I knew that wasn't going to last long. No, 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 no. I, honestly, I, I could not eat another burger <laughs> for the rest of my life. I don't think I'm done with burgers. But it's a really fun fest. A lot of great food. A lot of great music. It's going on until uh, ten o'clock tonight, and we have a voice from the past here on our little Sunday show who will be joining us right when we come back from this break. So, Andy, you say you've been here five years now? Well, it's whenever whenever Sam decided to leave is when I, when I took over. So when did you, when did you leave? I, I think about five years ago. Was but five? Doing sports here on, well, all over WGN on all the shows was uh, Sam Panianovich, who one of his assignments, uh, he somehow got stuck doing sports on this show. And uh, we had a few laughs through the years. Welcome back, my friend. It's so good to see you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. By the way, I remember we talked about this when I was here, and you said you could break the world record for watermelon consumption. It's uh, 13 pounds in 15 minutes, and you said you could do it. I think, maybe not today, because I'm still, uh, my body is still in trauma from the hamburger escapade. 13 pounds. That's a lot of, uh, what does the average watermelon weigh? I don't know. It's got to be about 13 pounds, I would think. I could eat a watermelon. You were very had to, adamant I, that you could do it. I'm pretty sure that I could eat a whole watermelon. But that's the world record. I think I could break the record. Okay. It's water. It's basically water. 13 pounds. <laughs> Did you bring a watermelon with you? Is no, this a challenge? I Is that no, a I didn't. Well, you were talking about your burger thing. and Yeah, it does fit in. Um, welcome back. You live in Boston now. I do. 
and you're a big uh, fancy uh, TV sports uh, and wagering guy, right? Your words, not mine. But yes, yeah, it's crazy. Like you, I'm on TV every day, which is crazy. Put two Southside guys on TV. Who would have thought? <sighs> Who would have thought? No accent yet. So what either. do you do? What, like, what, what? It's not a conventional sports cast, is it? No, it's a, it's a daily gambling show. So basically, we tell people you know, where they should place their money. And it's every day at 5.30 Eastern, which is great. Uh, it's a half-hour show, and you know we talk about the whole gamut. You know, like baseball, basketball, hockey, football. Obviously, it's a dead period now because there's only baseball. But right. um, it's basically like a, an investment show, I would say. Like yeah. you have X, and here's where you should put X. You know, it's a and you advise people on yeah. what 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 to do, uh, where to place their bets. Yeah, we had a good hit. Um, this year I had the Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference in basketball, and they were like 10-1. to 1. And I know you're not a big gambler, but you know 10-1 to 1 is a pretty good pop. Yeah. And Miami won the first three games of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics rattled off three straight wins, so right. it goes to Game 7, and yeah. I'm like, ah! Yeah, yeah. And the Heat end up winning that and that's you know that's a good pop but you know you win some lose some yeah yeah exactly uh you are uh, an engaged uh man now also right a cat owner yeah a cat <laughs> the cat owner it's crazy wow a fiance and a cat well it's funny because when i used to work here i was so targeted i was so tunneled everything was sports and i think annie knows this like when when you're here everything is sports of course and i never you used to talk about you know, I'm on the grill, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I was so tunneled. Everything was sports. Yeah. And I've actually grown up, you know, like I, I've, I'm doing so many things now. But, you know, when I was here working on the weekends, and, and it's funny, people don't know this, you know, like Monday to Friday, I'm at the games from 3 to 10, 3 to 11 yep. p.m. And then I'm here Saturday and Sunday, and it was just everything was full throttle sports. And I've actually been able to take a step back from the sports, yeah, believe to, it or not. You have to breathe a little bit. You I was typecast a little bit. To, well, you have to live your. You have to live a life. You know, people. Uh, you know, they do look at our jobs, and we do have cool jobs. It's, it's great, but you do have to step back, and you, especially you, you're a young man. You have to uh, enjoy a life. There was no stepping back though when I was 27. Yeah. It was Dave Ennett said, "Look, you are doing weekend mornings <laughs> with Manfredini, Kathy, and Judy." Rick Pearson yeah. and Dean Richards, and talk about a cavalcade of people. Yeah, like trying to play off the that four different a, shows. Holy cow! A Ferris wheel of uh, different personalities. <sighs> Man, but I think you had fun on this show. We we always had a lot of fun on this show with you. This honestly, and I'm not just saying this. This was my favorite show because you know, think about it. It's you and Schwanee and 26 year old me. <laughs> And I'm trying to figure out how to belong, and I don't know where the hell to start. Yeah. Sam, I'm 56, and I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> and you know, Are you 56, really? Yeah. Wow. Really? I'm an ancient man. I would have taken the under on 56. We got to find somebody younger. I appreciate that. <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> but I remember, you, you know, know, there is someone older than that on this show. We already said that you and I are the old ones mm-hmm. on this show. We already said that. But I am not the oldest. You say that like it's a bad thing, Schwanny. <laughs> I'm the oldest. So yeah, what? Okay. What, do you want me to file a lawsuit against you? <laughs> Ageism? You're discriminating against me? <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> 
All right, as long as you jumped in here, Shwani, Sam, explain this to me. Uh, I know the reason that you left WGN was because of Shwani. Yes. Uh, we've had so many people. I can't even tell you the number of producers, uh, you know, uh, sports people, people who have been on the show. They last on the show for maybe you know four, five, six months. You la- How long were you on? You were two on years. for quite a few years. Yeah. Uh, somehow you made it for two years, uh, but sh- the 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 Shwani that broke the camel's back uh, finally came along. Uh, what what was the reason? Well, I had to move to Vegas. I had to. I had to take a chance. But no, Shwani, you know, and Shwani used to jump into my sportscast, and I, you know, and I sent you a clip. I know we probably don't have time for all this stuff, no, but we I, do. We I do. did. It's pretty funny when <laughs> when Shwani jumped into the John Fox story. You know, and and again, your ability to jump into the newscast. I will say one thing, and I don't want to just you know kiss your behind the whole time. Which, but by the way, we're not allowed to do anymore. You? Oh, you can't? Really? Yeah, for yeah. that reason. We've been, we've been instructed. Since I do. left, you can't jump into we're the news? Allowed, we're not allowed to jump into the news But anymore. no, but he, he did the far-flung forecast yep. at 9.30, and yep. then I made it the wacky sportscast, which I would find, like, you know, somebody calling the NBA finals in Brazilian oh, or Portuguese or whatever. Right. And, you know, it was it was a whole thing. And, uh, you know, Schwani oftentimes, as you know, was the the end of all means. You know, we would have a good thing going, and then Shwani would jump yep. in and just throw water on whatever uh, we were doing. Welcome to my world. Yeah, yep. I know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the absolute straight man, Dave Schwan. Do you have that clip, uh, Jack? Do you have that? Well, play that little clip here. Bulls back on the hardwood Tuesday night in Milwaukee, and Dean will bring this full circle and end with the Bears story. John Fox, for some reason this week, was asked about pets he's had. He had a pet monkey at one point in time. Christmas gift was that year we'd gone down to my uh, grandparents. Um, they had a home down in Marathon Key in Florida. And so on the way back up from that, we happened to stop at a pet store in those days. That, that was all legal. It was above board. Uh, I don't think they're selling too many of those things now. But, um, yeah, she was actually a, a great pet. And it was, um, you know, as I look back at it, very unusual, um, you know, for today's world. You think? Just a little. <laughs> How does you don't it come think, up in a Bears practice? You don't think there will be any <clears throat> monkey business on the game today? <laughs> oh, were you? Swanee. You, look what you just did. Swanee. <laughs> what you just did. Um, that was dumped yeah, in. Johnny, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, we got you this a very <laughs> special present. <laughs> the follow-up then was, what did the monkey eat? And the monkey's Whoa. name was Gidget. Here's John Fox. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. The monkey's name was Gidget. I'm not making this up. Gidget the monkey. Here is Gidget's diet, according to John Fox. Gidget's about anything. Uh, Gidget happened to like grapes, you know, so, um, <laughs> you know, like, going through her whole diet, uh, you know, so, <laughs> we're, we're reaching pretty low here. Yes, we are. John, stop talking. Your team is 4 and 10. Worry about that. We can hear you. Stop talking. That's your sports and your monkey update. I'm Sam Paniatovich. Snow today, high near 25. <laughs> Dean, the chance of precipitation is 100%. Gidget, down! <laughs> Get off my leg. <laughs> it's the best Christmas ever, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> it's all above board. Remember that. It's all above board. It's all Mom, legal. Mom, Money. what's Gidget throwing at me? <laughs> 
and so on the way back up from that, we <laughs> happened to stop at a pet store those days. That, that was all legal. It was above board. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I would literally, and again, this show was different than any show on the station. <laughs> you think? I would scatter the sports world to find stuff like that. Yeah, goofy stories. Well, we because you'd, uh, let's be real. You didn't care that Paul Canerco went two for three. You didn't care. True. And I, I would rip through. The audience did, but I. I, I, I but, but I, I would, I, you know, and they told me, you know, Todd Manley at the time, hey, man, you got like 60 <laughs> seconds. And I said, okay, I'm going to rip through. All right, Bulls won, Cubs lost, White Sox lost, Blackhawks won, and here's a clip. Here's something funny. And you, like I said, you didn't care that Paul Canerco went two for three. No. But if I found a clip of John Fox having a pet monkey, yeah. oh, that's, I knew that's that you right were going to explode. Yeah, that's right. And down that was alley. what I looked for. I, I literally catered to you. And, Twani, uh, don't you think uh, proof positive how immature and stupid the show has been for decades now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I will agree with. Yes. I was on the trigger for that monkey, too, man. <laughs> that's good. That was good. But the other thing that uh, I used to love is that you would find these uh, uh, sports broadcasts from around the world. And the we had no idea what these people were saying, no. but the enthusiasm with which they were saying it was always very entertaining. What is this clip that uh, you sent me? So this is from the NFL season last year, and I, I've had this in my vault. I, I figured you would let me back your at vault. some point in time. In this vault. is uh, Can I toss to the clip here? Can I do that? Yes. So this is uh, the Carolina Panthers Spanish radio broadcast uh, from 2022. This is a touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield to LaVisca Chenault, and you're going to love it. Baker manda sus números, tiene tiempo, se deshace de la pelota, le entrega. La visca, la visca, va a romper por fuera. Vamos, viste, vamos, a la 15, vamos. a la 20, a la 10, a la 5. Métete la visca, hasta la vista, hasta la visca, hasta la visca, hasta la vista. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Bailale, of course, is dance. I love it. Dance, dance, dance. But uh, that was uh, eight touchdowns. <laughs> That's fantastic. And uh, no, you used to love because it would be uh, it would be an NBA finals game, and it would be you know blah, 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 Kevin Love. Hasta la vista. Oh, man. I mean, those were the ones, though. I mean, that was, and you love that, and I learned that about you that, again, we could have fun. Absolutely. You know, when you're joining a a new show for the first time, it's like, all right, what does a cranky old man want to hear? Well, (laughs) and it was, believe it or not, it was foreign sports highlights. Yeah, he ain't kidding. That was your thing. That was was pretty much it. Uh, That's the thing about the show. We're serious if we need to be serious, if there's something going on that we need to be serious about. But, 99% 99% of the time, that's not the case. So. There was one, and I, I went back through all this audio, of course, you know, pulling those two clips. I and love there was, that you have a vault. There was one sportscast. I was I was reading my thing, and you hopped in and said, I, I hate to interrupt, but I just saw Batman drive by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is when we were on Michigan Avenue. Do you remember this, Swanee? Was it the Batmobile? Yeah, the, the and then, Batmobile of course, and you came back with that. the... <laughs> And, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, I have, you know, 90 seconds 
every half hour and you pop in and say, I, yep. I hate to interrupt, but I just saw Batman yeah. drive by. Turns out the management hated when I interrupted, too. <laughs> It was Lala weekend, too, and you go, I, oh, he's probably getting there early to go see Joey Badass. <laughs> and I said, well, you, know, you, you might be on to something here. But yeah, nice. thank you for interrupting my 90 seconds to say that Batman just drove by the Allstate so, Showcase studio. So you're visiting uh, family uh, this week? or Yeah, what? well, you all know my dad. My dad just turned 77. He was just on the show on Father, I know. Father's Day. Yeah, well, you told me to call, and I said, no, I can't. I'll cry. Um, but yeah, he just turned 77 on July 6th. And, oh, happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday to Sam. So, yeah, we're going to go down today. My brother and I, my mom and dad, we're going to go, and he's on the grill. So Very we'll nice. see what happens. Very but, nice. uh, yeah, I love coming home. You know, it's a short trip, but, you know, this place is always home. It'll always be home. Yeah. I, are you enjoying Boston? I think Boston kind of reminds me of Chicago a little bit when I've been there. Yeah, they're similar. Bit. Yeah, I mean, there's an attitude there, which is good. I mean, you know, Chicagoans certainly have an attitude, yeah. but... Um, you know, I don't know that I would last in LA. I don't, I don't really like New York. Uh, kind of stinks. You know, you've been in New York. I was just there two garbage days Garbage all over the street. I was there two days ago. Boston's stepping good. around garbage on the street. Oh, yeah. stinks, smells. Yeah. But Boston, no, there's a, <laughs> there's a, you know, you don't get to Boston without Chicago. And I, I really mean that. Like there's a, there's an attitude there, but it's a good thing. Yeah. Well, you know, in the uh, fall, Andy uh, does a show with uh, Dan Hampton and uh, OB and is not on this show. He, he uh, abandons us. For, I do not abandon you. For, I do the first few hours. He uh, said, uh, I want to go work with them instead Abandon of you. is a strong word. Very yeah. strong. He leaves us. Leaves he us never high said and dry. that. Leaves us high and dry. <laughs> he never said that. Uh, I, I, know, I play with my other friends. He plays with his other friends. <laughs> yeah. He plays with his other friends. Uh, so, you know, anytime you want to come back and uh, do sports, we'd love to have you here with I'll us. I'll tell you what. I, I've said this for years. The only thing about that show is that it's the best when the Bears suck. Oh, last year, Sam was one of the best for that show. And you watch them watch the game. And Hamp, you know, I, I, we had an oak table at the old joint in the conference room. And I thought Hamp was going to break this oak table yep. with his fist. And that was, you know, the John Fox era. Yeah, what last year? What Andy? Three and fourteen. Three and fourteen. It was a lot of fun, yeah. especially when uh, when Ob threw his walker one time because <laughs> something happened. <laughs> now, there's a picture. Yeah, but Chwani, what did Ob uh, say? I can't repeat it. Come on, no, come on, do your Ob. Chwani <laughs> does a killer Ob impersonation. <laughs> come on, Chwani, come on. This is beyond belief. <laughs> I can't. I can't take it anymore. All of these people, they've got to go from the top down. When they were watching a bad Bears game, I'm telling you, and, and I told management at the time, I said, you need to broadcast this. Yeah. This that's, is the show. That's the show. Watch these animals. Watch this game. And when, like, like I said, when they were bad, <laughs> those two were unhinged. Yeah, that's the greatest. Uh, really nice to have you stop by. Are you uh, kicking me out already? We're, we got a show to do. Oh, and I have a newsroom to run. He's got a newsroom ba, to ba, run. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> We've got monkey stories to do here, right. Sam. We don't. We're not just sitting around here twiddling our thumbs. Oh, thank you for all you did for me. For real, this was this show was. Thank you. For it was my in. favorite thing to do on the weekends, and uh, you know, between the two old men and the young kid, it was. I think we had a <laughs> nice a little rhythm. Wait, two old men. 
What? Who do you think you are? <laughs> I says what I says. Shwani thinks he's one of the kids on Saved by the Bell. All of a sudden, <laughs> no, it was what the two guys. It was about? the two guys, the Muppets in the theater, and me. <laughs> all right, look at that dance, sports guy, look dance. At, look at that show. Uh, Sam Panianovich, you can catch him. People Can people watch you uh, online or something? Yeah, they like can. They can go to uh, Nesson, which is the New England Sports Network. They can go to Nesson.com, and uh, we do a show every day at 530. All right, very good. See you over at the Cheers Bar. Sam Panianovich. Hopefully one of the greatest songs ever recorded. The legendary Buddy Holly. That'll be the day when I die. We slip into our weekend theater segment. What's going on? on stage in Chicago and uh, out at the Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire. The Buddy, the Buddy Holly story is uh, just opened and uh, tells the story of how Buddy Holly set the music world on fire. Uh, That flame uh, tragically put out uh, in a plane crash several years later, but not uh, without uh, so many hits uh, just like this one, and playing the role of uh, Buddy Holly in this uh, production is Karen McCabe, who uh, joins us on the phone this morning. Karen, welcome to WGN. Nice to have you with us. Hey, Dean. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So when you hear a Buddy Holly song like this, do you kind of you know slip into character uh, a little bit? <laughs> I admit I was singing along. Just now, when we were listening to "That'll Be the Day," it's it's hard to resist, you know. His voice, his guitar—it's it's just great music. Yeah, what is it, uh, you know, about the the Buddy Holly? Is it the mystique? Is it about that he died uh, so tragically and so young? Is there? I mean, he was truly one of the 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 fathers of rock and roll. Really, I mean, he was coming up right about the time that Young Elvis was coming up at the same time. What do you think is yeah, the, right. the Buddy he, Holly mystique? He, yeah, I, I think he actually, he and the Crickets opened for Elvis in 1955 a couple times, and he was definitely taken with Elvis, and I think he was he was always driven to experiment, you know, with his, his voice and uh, and wanting to, wanting to do things his own way, you know, wanting to write their songs and arrange them and play them in the studio. Uh, you know, he got frustrated on those early recordings at DECA because they wouldn't let him play lead guitar and he's like come on let me you know let me play it my way let me show you i can do it yeah um it's uh it's funny you know when you watch old uh, film footage of buddy holly and the crickets uh you know these guys were obviously pre way pre-beatles but you know in that same era as elvis these guys come out with uh, suits and ties it was like a completely different world of rock and roll that was beginning. I mean, I don't think these guys realized what they were in this uh, uh, tsunami wave of music that they were about to produce for the world. Yeah, I, I think it was unexpected for them, you know, coming from small town Lubbock, Texas. I think, uh, you know, Buddy's brothers and even Buddy himself, maybe at times he thought, you know, I don't know if this is really going to go anywhere. And then flash forward a year, and he finds himself on on the Ed Sullivan Show, and and is playing his songs uh, for for a national television audience. It's just wild. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was crazy. How how are things going for you out there? I bet uh, people at the Marriott and Lincolnshire are just completely loving the show. And also, I mean, I've talked so many times about 
how the in the round setting at the Marriott uh, really kind of amplifies the experience because you can you know almost literally reach out and touch the performers. Uh, during, <laughs> That's right, actually. Yeah, our audiences are loving it, and they are singing along with us. And uh, there, there's actually one section, if you sit in, in uh, you can sit pretty much right next to uh, the drums, uh, if that's your kind of thing. If you want to be near the drummer, you can sit pretty much right next to him. And uh, and so it, it's fun. You know, we are, we're surrounded on all sides by people who are digging on the music. And uh and we just have a we've got a great cast of actor musicians and and we're just having a ball playing together. Now, uh, talk to me a little bit about the the show itself, uh, Buddy the Buddy Holly story. <laughs> uh, you know, just in uh, a few paragraphs or whatever. You know, tell us what uh, people will experience when they come to see the show. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of a ninety minute jam packed. Uh, uh, <laughs> super quick telling of, the, of Buddy Holly's life. You know, you, um, it spans probably two years in time um, from when he was playing the you know, Sunday country party in Lubbock, Texas, really before, uh, you know, before the rocket took off. And then you follow him. Uh, he meets up with Norman Petty in Clovis, New Mexico, and they record That'll Be the Day and, and all these other hits. And uh, you follow them to New York where they play the Apollo theater and break down some racial barriers there and, and, and break new ground in that way. And, um, and then you sort of follow him. Uh, he meets his wife, Maria Elena, and you, you witness that sort of flash in the pan romance. They, they met each other and five hours later they were engaged, which is totally true and wild. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, you pretty much jump right to the the final tour of his career, uh, the uh, Winter Dance Party tour, which I just I'm so such a nerd for all this stuff because it's it's really fascinating and they toured all around the Midwest and it was Buddy and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper and Dion and the Belmonts were on that tour as well, um, and so you get a little bit of um, of 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 uh, the Surf Ballroom concert in Clear Lake, Iowa, which was their last show, unfortunately. Yeah, before uh, Richie right. Valens and the Big Bopper and Buddy Holly got on that plane. Uh, that was, right. uh, th- I mean, that changed, uh, you know, the, the the music scene. Or as the song American Pie puts it, the day the music died. You know, that's... Uh, that's right. It specifically re- refers to that uh, in the song. How do you approach playing Buddy Holly? Do you go back and look at old tapes, uh, his performances, his speech patterns. What's, what's the process like, uh, Kieran, uh, for you to become Buddy Holly? Oh, sure. Well, uh, <laughs> I spend, uh, you know, a good amount of time digging into what little video footage there is of Buddy um, and try to get a sense of how he moves because he's kind of a quirky guy. And it's funny to juxtapose his sort of very energetic and upbeat um songs with his very slow southern texan drawl you know he sort of had a um in in his his interviews and recordings he he takes his time with how he speaks and uh you know isn't isn't in a rush to get anywhere and uh i think there's something really charming about that and everything i've read and and listened to in interviews he, he was just a 
he was just a gentleman through and through, but he was, he was a stubborn critter, according to his bandmates and friends. And, <laughs> a stubborn know, critter, you say. <laughs> that's, that's what his friend is, uh, Gary Allison, that's what the drummer said of him. Yeah. A stubborn critter. I, I guess um, uh, also, but because there's so little uh, video footage or film footage, that for you as an actor, it allows you to make this role your own a little bit and take some uh, creative liberties with it. Uh, that has to be oh, that has to be great as an actor that you know you're not going out there and just doing a, 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 an impersonation. You're able to bring some Karen McCabe to this. That's right, and you know I think most of all, what's what what makes the show a success, or what I hope makes my portrayal of Buddy a success, is bringing a, a sense of play to the music and the performance that I think Buddy would have loved and would have brought himself um, in the way that he was always experimenting and playing with his, his vocal and his, his arrangements. And I try to bring that same kind of sense of play and, and just have fun with, with my bandmates on stage. And um, that's what they were doing on the winter dance party tour. And so that's what we try to do on stage every night. Yeah. It's a, you must love this, uh, kind of uh characterization to play because i do i I remember correctly that you were also in million dollar quartet which was the same the same vibe right this the same era uh the whole same thing correct that's right yeah i've I've actually i was on the drums for that one i was playing the drummer and i actually had the pleasure of doing the role of jerry allison in buddy in 2018 uh at american blues theater and and so it's interesting to get to play uh you know play do the same show different roles and it's uh makes you really maybe makes you more well-rounded or you know like preparing you to take on this role by doing these other uh portrayals it uh you know just kind of makes you a more well-rounded performer for this kind of uh show for the buddy holly uh show anyway right Hey, you know, it's an interesting ask uh, of a performer. It's not quite, it's not just a play, and it's not a musical, really, because all of the songs, we're playing them live. And so, you know, you kind of have to be unapologetic about being a good musician on stage. And sometimes strings break or guitars go out of tune, and you have to trust that the audience will be with you uh, and, and will wait a moment while you tune a guitar yeah, right. <laughs> or while you switch out a guitar string. It It happens. And and people feel like they are part of, uh, you know, something that's real and live uh, that, that's happening uh, when when you invite them into that stuff instead of, you know, being shy about it. It's, yeah, I, I think people kind of like that a little bit, right? That people like uh, when things go wrong a little bit. There's a, there's an honesty to it that people feel like, oh, I was there when the guitar string broke. <laughs> it was, of course. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, the show is going on until August the 13th, right? That's right. So people can come out, and uh, if you go to uh, uh, MarriottTheater.com, you can get ticket information, or 847-634-0200. We've got a bunch of people on our text line uh, saying that they went to see the show already and just absolutely loved it. So uh, rave reviews from uh, some of our listeners. Who else uh, is uh, in the show with you? Who else uh, is making up the the band, the Crickets, I guess, right? Yeah, you've got uh, Jed Fader on drums. You've got uh, Mike Kurowski, who's played played Jerry Lee Lewis around a couple places as the fourth Cricket. Uh, And you have my bandmate Sean Whitley 
as Joe on the bass. Um, and Sean is actually a member of, uh, of our, uh, a band that formed out of the other production of Buddy that we, we met and fell in, fell in love over Buddy's music and made our own band called The Oh Boys. Uh, and so it's a joy to get to play oh, fun. music with him on stage. Wow, so uh, you're a real aficionado of this. I mean, you're not just taking on a role. This is uh, music and a period of music in uh, music history that you really love then. Yeah, you know, it really it really resonates with me. And I, uh, Buddy's old bandmate, Sonny Curtis, wrote a song that had the lyric, uh, Buddy Holly lives every time they play rock and roll. Mm. And I love that and, and think it's true. And it's that spirit of play and uh, experimentation and, and just sort of sharing the joy of rock and roll with each other. And, I, and that's honestly my favorite thing to do. And so whether it's on stage at the Marriott or, or around town in Chicago with my, my, my buddies, it's... It's just great to be playing music. Good for you. I, I love that. Uh, how much you uh, love it, uh, you know, and the passion is uh, there. Two shows today: one at one, and then another at five o'clock today. But the show is, uh, as I said, running through August the thirteenth, out at the Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire, and you can get more information through their box office eight four seven six three four zero two hundred, or go to uh, Marriott. Theater, and that's theater spelled with an R-E instead of E-R, MarriottTheater.com uh, for more information. We've got uh, some uh, sound from uh, uh, one of your shows, uh, Karen, and I wanted people to hear you as Buddy Holly. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll listen to a couple of uh, quick Buddy Holly classics featuring Karen McCabe as Buddy Holly. Karen, thanks for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, boy. Thanks, Dean. It was a pleasure to be on. And don't forget uh, sunscreen. Don't forget to put sunscreen on before you go outside today. Yeah, apparently that's uh, my helpful you, tip. You didn't do that with uh, you. What you were saying that I was at uh, the Burger Fest, the, the <laughs> Roscoe Village Burger Fest. Uh, I was one of the judges, uh, and uh, it was cloudy. It was actually it was drizzly when I went out there. In the morning, it was yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I got there around one o'clock. That's when we did the official judging. Because uh, you don't want to rush your way through eating ten hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I gladly pay hey, you Thursday for a hamburger, hamburger today. today. <laughs> Wimpy. <laughs> what was Wimpy from? Was that from a cartoon? That was from Popeye. Wimpy was. Yeah, it was on Popeye, and then there was a chain of drive-ins called Wimpy. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Wimpy was on Popeye. I couldn't remember what. And he was always trying to borrow money, you know, from Popeye and Olive, and uh, that was his. That was his steady diet. They will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm the oldest one on the show. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, it was uh, you know overcast and drizzly in the morning when I got there. And, uh, you know, it suddenly became beautiful. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was nice and sunny. And I didn't get sunburned, but uh, I I wish I had had a little sunscreen on my bald head. (laughs) (laughs) So lather it up, folks. (laughs) That's my helpful to stay hydrated. Well, Dr. Most would definitely agree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm a big (laughs) fan. 
big fan of la- lathering, lathering it, it on. <laughs> Slat- Slather it on. Yeah, I actually used a trowel. The, <laughs> those things that people used to put, uh, that masons used to build buildings. That's Just what I used for my, it off. for my sunscreen. Right. You need to go back in uh, the Greek town again. You want to bring that up, really? <laughs> no pictures allowed. I've <laughs> I've talked about these blackmail pictures that I have for Schwani. That if anything ever happens to me, before you call the coroner, you know what? Either one of us, for that matter. (laughs) Before you call, before you call the police, before you call anybody, go to my house and get these pictures. Because it wouldn't be good for either one of us if anyone ever saw these pictures that I have. These blackmail pictures that I have on Schwani. Um, and I will say it was a Greek town. It definitely was. Yeah, it was a Greek town, and many Uzos may have been involved in the making. Oh, a few in that story. I think there was a couple of bottles of Rodides that was being. Uh, yes, back in our youths. Mm-hmm. Back in it our, was back in our youths. Our misspent youths. <laughs> but anyway, I played the uh, the Greek music today, the music of my people today, if you will. Uh, because today I'm going to be out at a Greek festival at the St. Spiridon Greek Orthodox Church in Palos Heights. Uh, you know, they have, during the summertime, they have these great, uh, the, all the Greek churches have these great uh, Greek festivals. And the uh, last couple of years, I've gone to the St. Spiridon Greek Festival, which is 123rd and South Ridgeland Avenue in Palos Heights. And they have fantastic music. All of the yayas in the church, the grandmothers, have been cooking and preparing and getting ready. So you have this fantastic homemade food. And there's dancing and uh, games for the kids and, uh, you know, pastries and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it was uh, yesterday. I'm sure they had a great time with the nice weather. And it is uh, today from noon until 10 o'clock. Uh, St. Spiridon's Greek Festival, 123rd and South Ridgeland Avenue. No rain in the forecast. It may cloud up a little bit, but we don't have any rain in the forecast today. And high in the 80s, that'll be nice out there. Yeah, it's going to be nice. I'll have my sunscreen on. Yeah, definitely do that. Slathered on. Slathered on. I'll slather it on along with some olive oil. You need to wear a hat. I'm going to wear olive oil and oregano. And your galoshes. Oregano. And tzatziki sauce. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Basically, I'm gonna be a walking gyro sandwich. <laughs> oh, nice to protect myself against the sun. Uh, be but, sure and have some baklava. I probably will. Mm. They, I, I'm, I'm telling you what the 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 um, the, uh, the ladies of this church and you know the the grandmas. You know they've they've been making these pastries, preparing for this. So when you go to the, you know, I'll, here's what I'll probably have. I love uh, I love their pork shish kebab. Yes, I love that. Yes, with like a nice olive oil and lemon uh, marinade on it, and uh, you know it's served with a little salad and uh, uh, rice. Uh, they have uh, the spinach pies, the spanakopita. That's uh, delicious. I'll probably have some of that. Um, wasn't I just saying a few minutes ago I couldn't eat anything because I did well, this burger you were, fest? You were talking about how you were feeling a little ill, in fact, I feel, uh, talking I about the bo- burgers. I, I still feel bloated from the burgers yesterday. <laughs> but I don't think that's... <laughs> By the time you get to the festival this afternoon, I don't think it's you'll gonna, forget all about it. I don't think it. I'm going to have that. Because <laughs> I'm talking about this like I can't wait to eat again. When really I feel like I could never eat again. <laughs> After all this, I just run a few laps. You're good. <laughs> yeah, 
but uh, so, so I'm going to have uh, you know all that, and then they've got all these pastries, these homemade pastries that the yayas have been making. But these Greek uh, festivals at, at the churches, they also it's, it's one of, practically one of the only places you can get this dessert that's called lukumavis, which is a, 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 a fried dough, which is always delicious anyway. But they soak it in uh, like a honey and sprinkle uh, nuts on it, walnuts. And they're warm. It's like a warm donut, basically, with that's sweet and you know with honey, and it's delicious. No sugar uh, put on it, just the honey. No sugar, just the... With the, with the dough and some dough. nuts. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so when you see me on the TV tomorrow morning, I will definitely be wearing elastic you look, pants. You're looking like wimpy. <laughs> Go buy me a pair of elastic pants. Let's <laughs> get to my English interviews. I'm so full. I need to sit down. Oh, I couldn't move after that burger thing yesterday. I knew I wasn't going to eat a full burger, but uh, I had like maybe two or three bites of each burger so I could judge it properly. I was so full at the end of it. <laughs> It's like somebody carry me out of you here. Had this weird look on your face. Oh. Are you okay over there? Is it bad that I took my pants off right on the? <laughs> <laughs> some of the kids were shocked, but I couldn't. I did hear about some police activity around there. <laughs> <laughs> some relief. I had to let that top button go. <laughs> uh, so. I'll uh, I'll try to restrain myself and act a little more <laughs> presentable at a at a church later today. Yes, please. I'll try to be a little more <laughs> proper, <laughs> but I can't guarantee. Uh, it's uh, the festival today is from noon to ten p.m. hundred twenty third and South Ridgeland Avenue in uh, Palos Heights. Beautiful, beautiful place, and uh, yeah, it should be some fun. You know what? The uh, Batavia, you know where Batavia is, right? Out, out west, out yeah. Out mm-hmm. west suburbs. Uh, they are about to open the largest movie screen in the entire state of Illinois. Oh, that's where it's going to be. In Batavia. Okay. It's right before the new Mission Impossible movie opens, so you can go out there and see Tom Cruise uh, you know, jump out of a plane or whatever he does in the movie. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, on this is a gigantic screen, but we'll learn more about that coming up in a bit. And today is Tom Hanks' birthday, by the way. Oh. 67 years old today, and we'll have a little tribute to Tom Hanks coming up in a few minutes. It's 11.20. This is Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Thank you all very much for tuning in today. Thank you all so much uh, for so many nice comments, people having fun uh, listening to our Sunday morning show. We really appreciate it and glad that you are enjoying it out there. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, a birthday tribute to our uh, longtime pal Tom Hanks. Celebrating his 67th birthday today. That's coming up in a few minutes. But I wanted to talk about something else related to the movies. And that is the opening of what now will be the largest CinemaScope screen in Illinois. A movie screen. Get this. That is 96 feet wide. That will be the Imagine Batavia Super EMX Auditorium, which uh, will have its first public showing this coming Tuesday. 
And uh, Paul Glantz is the uh, president and CEO, the co-founder and chairman for Imagine Entertainment. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Dean. I'm honored to be with you. It's my pleasure to have you here with uh, the uh, near introduction of this fantastic movie screen. I- explain what this is, because, uh, you know, there there are some movies I can't think of any place else I would rather see them than on a 96-foot screen. Well, uh, I guess our adage today is go big or go home. And so we're <laughs> going big, Dean, and um, not only is it going to be big, but it's going to be paired with 64 channels of Dolby Atmos immersive sound, uh, and it will, the screen will be lit with 55,000 lumens of uh, laser light. Wow, that's amazing. So uh, would this compare to an IMAX screen? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine the enormity of uh, what it is that you're going to be opening out in Batavia. You know, IMAX typically has more of a square aspect ratio, you know, height to width. Uh, this is a cinemascope screen, which is uh, more standard in the industry. And uh, I do believe it's, uh, again, it's going to join its peers in Michigan uh, as the largest screen in Illinois. And uh, we're, we're delighted to be bringing it to the market. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to compare it. So this screen then is more um, like what we would have at home, more rectangular more than a, a square-shaped screen, is what you're saying, right? Exactly, yes. Okay, so so uh, it, you, you'll, uh, it, it seems like you'd be more surrounded by the visuals in this. Well, all I can tell you, Dean, is I think you got to try it, because once you see it, I think you'll be wowed by it. Um, as a kid, I remember going to a theater near my home that was, 60 feet in width, and that was really, a, you know, overwhelming for a kid. But uh, these days, we have to provide our guests with a compelling reason to leave their homes to be entertained. And so this is how we intend to do it, by giving them something that's truly special. Yeah. Now, uh, it's called the Super EMX Auditorium at Imagine <clears throat> Batavia. What does Super EMX mean? Well, the super has to do with the size because we have other uh, Emax auditoriums, and essentially what it represents is that is generically it's known as a premium large format, but in this case it's even bigger than a, than a premium large format, which would typically sixty to seventy uh, feet range, and so this takes it uh, kicks it up a notch, as Emerald might say. Wow, I'll say, man. I mean, if a normal screen is about sixty feet wide. And this one's 96. Imagine some of the things, you know, some, some movies you you don't have to see on a big screen, but some movies you absolutely must see on a big screen. And I guess your first one is going to be this new uh, Tom Cruise movie, the new Mission Impossible movie, right? Yes, we're going to be uh, kicking it off at 2 p.m. on Tuesday with the new Mission Impossible film. And we think it's a great film with which to... Uh, inaugurate this uh, this beautiful screen yeah that sounds uh sounds pretty fun now tell me a little more about the uh, theater itself i imagine you've got all the bells and whistles with uh comfortable seating and probably food and uh, all those kinds of things as well right well you're absolutely 
that. Uh, you know, not only have uh, seats become recliners and seven feet of row spacing, but these days they're they're heated recliners. And so uh, the concept is that, again, we have to compete with the in-home experience, and we feel like the way to do it is to offer you the, the greatest out-of-home experience possible. And you're right, we, we pair it with a, a, a more extensive food service menu. And then finally, in this building, Dean, you would find that we have this very special party room as well. We call it the high roller room. And it's got these really neat um, duck pin bowling lanes and, and billiard tables and so forth. It's a great place to come maybe before the move or to uh, host a family party. Yeah. And so... Uh, and so it's really designed to be an entertainment complex. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, because as you say, you're competing with uh, people who would just as soon stay home and watch a movie. Uh, I would argue that there's nothing like watching a movie uh, on a big screen uh, for, for most movies on a big screen. But the communal experience of watching a movie, I think, is tangible as well. That is, if people aren't on their cell phones and talking and making noise if they're if they're properly watching a movie there's nothing like that communal experience of everyone experiencing the thrills and chills and tears and cheers uh, all at the same time well and you'll be among perhaps as many as 414 people in this auditorium um it's a it's a spectacular room and i think i think the marketplace will really uh, embrace it. I think I think folks are going to love it. And as you say, it really is a differentiated experience from watching a film at home. Yeah. Well, my original point with all of that before I got <clears throat> off on a tangent was that um, you know people. Uh, it, it's been a difficult time since the pandemic getting people into the theaters. Uh, is that changing? And obviously, this is how you're responding to this by offering, you know, this bigger-than-life experience to get people to come back into the theaters? Well, there's no question, but the the year-to-date box office through the end of June uh, shows a very substantial recovery in theatrical performance. But I would tell you, Dean, that I think there's a... It's a tale of two cities. And in the one situation where folks have either not had the means or the the inclination to reinvest in their venues, uh, I don't think they're seeing nearly the type of return to 2019 attendance levels that we are at Imagine, where, again, we're focused intently on the guest experience and providing this truly exemplary out-of-home entertainment experience. I think you'll find that the you know those who are truly focused on providing their guests with that great out-of-home experience – they're doing fine these days. In fact, you know, we're doing, we might have the best half in the first, for the first half of this year will likely be the best we've ever done in the history of the business. Yeah, I know that, you know, when I go see movies, and I, I see quite a few movies, uh, I, I'm i not noticing empty auditoriums like I did two, three years ago. Uh, people are waiting in line to get in. I mean, and a lot of it has to do with the the movies that are being offered right now i mean you know everybody is saying that tom cruise saved hollywood with his uh uh top gun maverick uh likely his mission impossible movie is going to perform in a similar way we've got uh indiana jones that's out right now we've got new disney movies that are out right now there's a new christopher nolan movie called oppenheimer uh, that's going to be opening up so i mean there's a, a lot of a lot of big new stuff that's coming out that I think people are going to come out for. Do you agree? 
I, I do. In fact, if you look at uh, what we faced, for example, in last calendar year, we had a supply chain constraint, just like many industries faced. There were only 71 feature releases made available to theaters last year. This year, the, the total slate represents more than 110, wow. which is getting us very, very close to what we had in 2018 and 2019. So I would absolutely agree with you. I, you know, we adore Tom Cruise in our industry, and we're, we're grateful for what he's done for us. Uh, but, there, but the wide variety of films, the ability to show films that appeal to all different demographics, that's really integral to the success of our industry. Very good. So the uh, Imagine Batavia is uh, at 550 North Randall Road in Batavia. And your opening day is this coming Tuesday, is that right? Yeah, we've actually had the building open uh, since June 1st, but it took us a little longer to finish up this giant auditorium. And so we're going to kick off the giant auditorium at 2 o'clock on uh, this coming Tuesday. Very good. Uh, people want to get more info. Is there a website, someplace where they can learn and uh, see more? Yeah, it's Imagine with an E, E-M-A-G-I-N-Entertainment.com. And uh, there are still tickets available for that uh, at 2 p.m. Sounds great. I'm glad you could join us today to explain it all. Imagine co-founder, chairman, Paul Glantz, the 96-foot-wide screen the EMX uh, Auditorium at uh, Batavia. Thanks for joining us, Paul. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dean. I appreciate it. I've worn lots of shoes. I could watch this movie any time that I see it on. I can jump in at any point and absolutely love 1994 Forrest Gump, a movie uh, for which Tom Hanks won the Academy Award, uh, playing uh, playing, uh, Forrest Gump, rather. Uh, he won another for the film uh, Philadelphia. He's uh, just, I think, one of our great, great uh, actors. And today, Tom Hanks celebrates his 67th birthday. He's given us so many different films, and uh, we've been so lucky through the years to get to know Tom Hanks and interview him, I don't know, countless times uh, at, on red carpets, sit-down one-on-one interviews over at WGN-TV, uh, we had a memorable interview when we surprised him in the hallway, uh, which we'll get we'll get to uh, him talking about that when we surprised him in the hallway, having our staff members dress up as characters that he played in movies. Uh, he was uh, surprised and and went with uh, the joke beautifully. We'll 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 talk more about that in a, a second. Uh, most recently, uh, you saw him in the film A Man Called Otto which I thought was uh, fantastic. You saw him recently as Colonel Tom Parker in the uh, movie called Elvis that uh, came out uh, a year or so ago. I thought he was great. He got mixed reviews for it, but uh, I thought the choices that he made as an actor were, was uh, fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm a Tom Hanks fan. I mean, I, I'll admit it's pretty hard for me to be you know completely objective. Uh, because I like the guy. Everybody likes the guy. He's the nicest guy in show business. There's no doubt with that. Uh, but uh, today, on his 67th birthday, I thought we'd go back and uh, share some of the interviews that we've done over the years with uh, the great Tom Hanks. And this was uh, this in- interview uh, took place at Graceland Mansion. We actually did the interviews at Graceland, uh, where they uh, shot much of the uh, movie 
and uh, Tom Hanks talking about playing Colonel Tom. I was just like obsessed a little bit with the choices that you made mm. in portraying somebody f- for whom there is really very little video, uh, very little for yeah. you to have studied to create yeah. Colonel Tom. So how did you do this? There are there are two key pieces that I use over and over. But you're right. There's very very little bona fide sit down interview with him. One was an audio tape of a uh, interview he did, protracted interview he did like in 1956, where the guy just was asking the most standard question: How can Elvis isn't on TV? And what how does he spend doing? And spending his money, and do you think he's like sexy, like Marilyn Monroe is sexy? Actually, questions about a guy that the interview E Colonel Tom Parker knew was going to be one of the greatest artists of the 20th century, and so he's kind of like giving this kind of like primer to this guy of why Elvis isn't on TV anymore for free. You know, it says it even says he could go on TV if they want to pay what Elvis is worth. Yeah. And my my boy is not worth four hundred dollars to yep. be on scale. You know, yeah, right. no, he yeah. ain't worth that. Yeah. If they want to pay ten thousand dollars, they can have my boy. And then there's another one on the tenth anniversary of Elvis's death on Ted Koppel on Nightline, in which he just lays out. And if you read between the lines, you hear every. Every beat of the diabolical genius that Colonel Tom Parker. The diabolical genius, but also sort of in and out of his accent, in and out of some of the mannerisms that you clearly picked up on and uh, brought to life. Well, he was from Holland. As as Baz Luhrmann said the very first time I met him, he wasn't a colonel, he wasn't a Tom, he wasn't even a Parker. (laughs) His his real name was Andreas Van Kuyk, something like that. So there was was this... um, um, the moment of discovery, because uh, 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 I said, look, Baz, no one has bothered with the Colonel Tom Parker angle on this. The, the standard story of Elvis is, we've seen it, you know, the rise to riches, yeah. and that he's huge, and he makes movies that are dissatisfying, he comes back briefly, and then gains a lot of weight, shoots a TV, and dies in Las Vegas somewhere. Um, and that, the, the, as, as, uh, as, well, you know, as, as Baz says, the very first lines of this film are going to be the Colonel saying, I didn't kill him. And I, as soon as I heard that, I said, this is new turf. I'm in. Yeah. What does the colonel look like, by the way? And then I saw, I said, oh, I'm going to yeah. be in the makeup chair for a while. Yeah. yeah, it was an amazing physical transformation that uh, Tom Hanks went through becoming Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, and as I said, uh, in the interview, and I said in my review also, I thought that uh, Hanks's performance was nuanced and interesting and introspective uh i i really liked it i mean i I loved the movie i thought austin butler as elvis presley was great but i also thought that tom hanks was uh great you know so some people are going into the movie you know thinking he's going to be tom hanks well he's not tom hanks he's colonel tom parker completely different person as he was in uh the movie that came out last year called a man called otto which was uh, a film about a senior citizen who was uh, had 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 uh, a number of uh, bad cards dealt to him uh, in his life, and uh, just didn't want people around him. He, he he was really just kind of through with it all. And uh, this movie was about some neighbors that melted away that uh, hard shell of uh, this man who has had such a tough life. And, uh, you know, trying to get to the core of who uh, this guy was. I thought it was another very interesting movie. Got mixed reviews. 
Because I think a lot of people want him to be Tom Hanks. They want him to be Forrest Gump. They want him to be, there's no crying in baseball. You know, they want him to be one of those characters. But this this was not a likable character that he played in this movie. But uh, I found it uh, very, very moving. And as I said to him in the interview, uh, between an unlikable Colonel Tom Parker and an unlikable Otto, uh, he is taking on some pretty challenging characters. Such interesting choices for you this year with this and uh, Elvis uh, playing oh. Colonel Colonel Tom, just like wildly complex characters that are so interesting to watch. Well, the different perspectives, I think, two guys at the end of their trail, more or less, right? You know, and, and uh, Colonel Tom Parker trying to set the rec- record straight and uh, talk about... Uh, as Baz Luhrmann said, you know, it's it, we can all understand that there would have been no Elvis without Colonel Tom Parker. But what would Colonel Tom Parker have been without Elvis? That was the that that would that's a that's a that's a pretty great challenge to throw down the you know at the very beginning of of the process. Uh, and with Otto, it's he doesn't care about his legacy for a moment. He's he's not he's not even one to think. He only knows one thing and one thing only, and that is he's done. And I think these two movies, these two roles are one guy who refused to do that, which was Colonel Tom Parker. He wanted to control it. He wanted to promote it himself. And Otto, who just said, I have no control over this. Uh, This is what living is about. Yeah. uh, Two movies that I highly recommend, Elvis and A Man Called Otto, two of his more recent films. Uh, But, you know, go back to the Tom Hanks library a filmography uh, of some of the films that he made. Saving Private Ryan was stunning. Uh, a Road to Perdition that was filmed mostly here in the Chicago area uh, was stunning. Uh, there, there's a, a fantastic story that when uh, we were doing interviews with Tom and the whole cast, uh, including Daniel Craig, who had just a very small role in that movie. He was just a little baby actor starting off. Uh, playing uh, Paul Newman's son in that movie. But when we interviewed the whole cast, it was here in Chicago. And uh, Tom was running, Tom Hanks was running late for the interviews. And there were, you know, a lot, several journalists waiting for him. Uh, we're, you know, just patiently waiting and waiting. And it, it was uh, quite a while. Uh, Tom finally shows up for the interviews, uh, but he's got a bag of uh, Mr. Beef Italian beef sandwiches that he bought for the journalists and he said i guys i'm so sorry i'm late and he's throwing italian beef sandwiches at us he goes here have a sandwich while i get set and we'll start the interviews in a minute so we all sat there eating italian beef sandwiches uh, courtesy of uh tom hanks and then we uh, had the uh, uh premiere on the red carpet in front of the chicago theater and then they had the cast party at uh, Gene and Giorgetti's, the famous uh, steakhouse. Uh, so uh, we can't, we, WGN TV, I had a crew with me. We went and camped out in front of Gene and Giorgetti's, and uh, a limo pulls up, outsteps Tom Hanks, and I'm standing outside with the crew. We're getting ready to go on live on the 9 o'clock news on Channel 9. Tom Hanks steps out of the limo, and he goes, Dean, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready to go on live TV. You want to join me? He goes, okay, sure. And he comes over, uh, and, and, you know, nobody knew it was going to happen. I'm shouting back to the 
the you know the director at the station uh come to me right now tom hanks is standing right next to me right now and we did the live interview with tom hanks he's just a generous guy uh your average a-lister is not going to do something like that but uh he is just one of the greatest guys in the world uh one of his visits to wgn tv we surprised him by having our staff members uh dress up in, as his most famous characters from his movies. So as he was walking into the building, we had a camera ready and surprised Tom with uh, you know, somebody uh, playing his character from Castaway, his character from A League of Their Own, his character from uh, Forrest Gump, uh, the TV show Bosom Buddies. It was that this is your life. And he was just laughing and playing along with the whole thing. Um, let's hear uh, what Tom was thinking about all of this when we come right back. Bone Jimmy. Oh, you there, it's a classic scene from the movie from 1992, A League of Their Own, Tom Hanks, uh, celebrating his 67th birthday today. So we thought we would go back for some of our uh, A-list interviews uh, with Tom through the years. Uh, one of, maybe one of the most classic moments on our WGN TV morning news was when uh, Tom uh, came on the show and we surprised him in the hallway with our staff members dressed up as characters that he played in his movies. Uh, He was laughing and kind of dumbfounded by the whole thing, played along with it uh, so great. And later I asked him about it and he definitely remembered his visit to wgn you remember when you came to wgn we walked you down the hall we had all of your old characters we we have done we have asked our viewers over and over and over favorite moments on our show hands down landslide the tom hanks walk down our hallway remains the number one moment on wgn morning news I didn't I didn't realize what was going on until I saw I think the third person that looked like dressed in something that was familiar. You had everybody there. You had you had Woody and you had uh, you had Captain Miller. Uh, I am sure you you sure you had them all. I, uh, kudos to you for not telling your guest what you were going to be doing to them. I thought that was it took me by surprise. Yeah, we we didn't know how that was going to work out. That could have if it was anyone but you it could have been really disastrous. So now we're gonna now we're gonna have to add uh, this western guy uh man tom what a role this is uh i mean there there has to be something special for an actor just to take on you know an old-fashioned western this pure salt of the earth kind of character right the the great joy is you have uh you have a character that's already made for you uh, the, the, because he's just so burdened, he's just he. There's there's no amount of flashbacks, and there's no beginning to the story. You just start off with this guy, who is who who is burdened um, by. Uh, so much in his past. Yeah, look, it's kind of nice playing somebody who's my age. You know, I'm 64, so you're not trying to. You don't have to love. You don't have to fall in love with anybody. You don't have to. You don't have to kiss a girl. You have to instead just slowly figure out just the scars on his back tell an awful lot of the story for him. 
Um, but also the, the clarity of his purpose in life, which is to read the news to anybody who has 10 cents and the time to hear it. There was something I think that was really magical about um, Paula Giles's book is that she landed on this concept of, of a guy reading about Queen Elizabeth and the Cincinnati Reds and elevators in, in, in eight-story hotels in, in Boston or how many people died of, uh, of the fever and whether or not a new train was going to be built to people who were hungry, hungry, hungry for not just information but for belonging to a world outside themselves. And that's what the news of the world, I think, is all about, yeah. is that the, 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 the dichotomy between a solitary life and knowledge of, uh, of the greater world that's out there. Yeah, I don't know if I was more impressed by the pure beauty, visual beauty uh, of this movie or the the parallels to things that are going on in the world today that were startling to me. It it was really genius in so many ways. There is a there's a big distance between believing in hooey and uh, magic um, and uh, arguing about uh, uh, empirical science. There is something to uh, look. I can't say enough about Darius Wolski and uh, the, the the beauty of the of essentially the oil lamp. We should all dim our lights every night at sunset in order to live in an orange glow, as opposed to some of the things that we some of the things we have. Yeah, that's Tom Hanks from a couple of years ago talking about the movie News of the World. It's a straightaway Western, really uh, another interesting choice, fascinating, interesting character and choice uh, that Tom Hanks has made in his motion pictures. Uh, Celebrating Tom Hanks' 67th birthday today, Uh, Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson, on social media, uh, posting a very sweet uh, tribute to her husband, uh, today saying, you know, love of my life and he loves me just slightly more than he loves typewriters. Uh, Tom Hanks is a, a old fashioned typewriter collector. Uh, he's got uh, one of the interviews that we did during the pandemic on a Zoom was uh, from his uh, home office and he had a wall of uh, old typewriters, old manual typewriters, which he uh, collected so uh, that's what she means when she says that he uh, he loves me just slightly more than he loves typewriters tom hanks uh you know in an interesting another wgn interesting note um our former uh sports legend from wgn jack rosenberg who was uh, a sports producer for wgn radio and wgn television worked with jack burkhouse on the cubs uh, worked with Ron Santo, really was the one that recommended Ron Santo be a baseball color broadcaster, legendary sports figure uh, in Chicago, Jack Rosenberg, uh, who was also a manual typewriter fan. Jack wrote a typewritten letter to Tom Hanks. And amazingly, Tom Hanks actually got the letter and wrote uh, Jack back with a typewritten note back. And the two corresponded for uh, quite a while. Uh, Jack Rosenberg passed away uh, recently, uh, about a year or so ago. And uh, I just thought that that was one of the sweetest things. And another example of what a nice guy Tom Hanks was to uh, correspond with somebody who has had a shared interest in these manual typewriters. And, uh, you know, just uh, it really meant the world to Jack Rosenberg 
who had you know dealt with and worked with all the greats in the world of sports and presidents and he was a, a producer of uh, many things on wgn but uh tom hanks uh, just you know gave him quite a kick by corresponding with him uh with his uh, typewriters coming up after 12 o'clock we'll get into our food time show for today we'll have a little recap of yesterday's uh, roscoe village burger fest which uh, continues today, by the way, on Belmont uh, between uh, Damon and uh, Levitt, basically Levitt. Uh, all these burger restaurants uh, featuring their their goods, and there's music and games and merchandise and all kinds of great things going on today. Uh, I'm going to talk with one of my co-judges of the event uh, coming up about the festival itself, but what makes a great burger We'll also talk about some summertime recipes on our Food Time show. All coming right up. I will uh, add to the story that you just had about grilling safety, uh, how how important that is. Very much so. I'm so glad that you included that. But what I wanted to add to it was keep your grills clean, especially if you have gas grills. You know, all the, all the uh, junk drips oh yeah down sure. into the grill and that that can catch fire that can catch big time fire. yeah yes it, you know you get a grease fire going down there that's not good and you have a propane tank that's you know going crazy in flames uh nothing good is going to happen you got to keep that clean get the get the grease out of there Gre- i'm going to go home and clean my the grill word. this afternoon my neighbor my next door neighbor uh years this is years ago uh, I'm out on the grill. I'm on my grill uh, making, you know, whatever. And uh, he comes home from work. Uh, he's got like a suit on. And, uh, hey, how you doing? Hey, oh, you're on the grill. You're on the grill. Yeah, I'm going to get out here on the grill. He turns his gas grill on and goes inside to change clothes. And in the the short time that he went inside, I noticed flames shooting out from underneath oh, wow. his gas grill like shouldn't be coming out from there so you know i you know i'm like shouting and nobody could hear me you know because everything was all buttoned up everyone had their air conditioning on so the doors were closed the air conditioner compressors were making noise everything couldn't hear me uh, yelling his name so i uh, i run around knock on his door and tell him something's up with your grill there's there's flames coming out but and this is all maybe two minutes, two minutes, three minutes tops. In the time that it took me to run over there to tell him, uh, be care- you know something's going on, the whole side of his house was on fire. Oh, it, oh no! It, it, the the propane and the 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 droppings, the grease droppings in the grill, and now the flames had gotten so big that they were crawling up the side of his house. And he had major damage, major fire damage. Uh, it was it was pretty scary. So clean those grills. You know, you just made me think of something. When I was uh, growing up, uh, we had a we had an accident in our neighborhood. A woman was horribly burned uh, mm. with uh, grilling out. Um, as I recall, it was just misuse of the very flammable uh, lighter fluid oh, sure. that, that you, you know you would use you with a charcoal, the charcoal grill. Right, yeah. uh, we're talking really second and third degree burns. Oh, it yeah. was a terrible situation. Yeah.
Yeah, those things yeah. are dangerous. I haven't cooked in a kettle in a long time or used actual charcoal, although I have a grill and I want to I want to start doing it more. But they have these little flame starter things now. Well, first of all, I mean, you can do the charcoal in those little chimneys. You, have you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yep. is super, super easy and much safer than squirting the charcoal starter all over the place. Although it was fun when we were kids. Well, watch certainly. Sure, certainly. Hey, watch yes. this. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Crazy kids, uh, but they have these, you know, little. Um, I don't know. I don't know what. Well, those chimneys, you don't even need that. Those are like the best ways, really, to start a charcoal fire. But you, they also have these little. They're like pellets, almost big, big pellets, and you put them in with the charcoal, and you light them, and these pellets ignite and sets the charcoal on fire. Hmm. Oh. There are flame tips from today from <laughs> Officer Dave and Officer Dean. <laughs> I do have one more story to report. And I'm this sorry. goes well, I'm sorry, your news time is over. Oh, okay. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and this really goes right in with uh, what you're going to be talking about here very shortly mm. uh, with uh, the, the Roscoe Village Burger Fest. Yes, right. And the Ten fact hamburgers that you yesterday. had the very difficult task yep. of judging. I was judging. Thanks to Ron, Ron Brown in the newsroom yes. for uh, giving us this report. For the second consecutive year, the stop-along is this year's winner. Wow. You and two other judges That's me announcing me announcing the the winner. Yeah, yeah. Today's the last day, I believe. Started it already started here. It's after twelve now. Right, so. right. It started at eleven this morning. Yeah. It's going on till ten tonight on uh, Belmont. Even though it's the it's the Roscoe Village uh, Burger Fest. And uh, it's on Belmont between Damon uh, to Levitt, I believe, is the, the West Street. But you can't miss it. There's music. There's uh, food. Oh, there's food. <laughs> I can't believe I was able to I get, saw I can't video. believe I was able to get on that stage. Ron showed me the video of Post <laughs> Burgers. I can understand why. <laughs> you were you were really 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 full yesterday. I, as I said, I only took wow. one or two bites of each of the burgers, but one of the burgers had four <laughs> patties on it. You, four you patties. Just, you had both hands on that. Four patties, cheese, lettuce, tomato, onions. Uh, I don't know what else was on there. <laughs> I basically ate a half a cow yesterday. <laughs> Orion, let me just say. Orion Samuelson <laughs> would be so proud of me today. Dean Richards, Sunday morning. Now, uh, getting into our food time show today. To uh, talk uh, a little bit about some of these uh, fantastic street fests that have been going on. They're all over Chicago. I'd mentioned that I'm going to be at the St. Spitidon Greek Orthodox Church Greek Fest out in Palos Heights uh, later today. Uh, amazing food, lots of fun, games and, you know, activities for the kids, Greek dancing, uh, but, uh, oh, the food, uh, unbelievable. And I'm told that the St. Sophia Greek Orthodox Church in Elgin is also having its uh, outdoor Greek fest today. So if you're up that way, you may want to check that out. We've got one in Elgin and one in Palos, both ends of the metropolitan area covered with Greek food and dancing uh, for today, so um, uh, but also going on as uh, Schwani's uh, mentioned a few minutes ago, and I've been talking the uh, Roscoe Village uh, Burger Fest 
uh, has been going on this weekend. It uh, continues today until 10 o'clock tonight on Belmont uh, between Damon and I believe Levitt is the uh, uh, westerly border of that. Tons of great bands. I listened to a fantastic Fleetwood Mac cover band uh, last night. Uh, it sounded great. The bands that I heard were uh, really good. The food was amazing. But uh, I was honored to be invited to be one of the judges of their annual burger competition, uh, where I sat at the uh, judges' table with Alderman Scott Wagaspak of the 32nd Ward and also Samantha Esposito from Chicago Burger Bite. Uh, chicagoburgerbible.com and uh, we did a blind uh, test of uh, 10 of the burger vendors who were uh, providing uh, you know food for people at the festival and we decided which ones uh, we you know that we thought were our favorites of the whole thing Um, and uh, the stop along wound up being the number one choice the stop along 1812 north milwaukee avenue and also 2210 North California uh, was uh, the big winner. And Samantha Esposito joins me on the phone line right now from ChicagoBurgerBible.com. Have you recovered, uh, Samantha? I, I, I'm not sure. Oh, that, my gosh. <laughs> right? Because I, I thought, well, this won't be uh, so bad. You know, you take a couple of bites uh, but it's right. it's it's a few bites from ten burgers, and so, <laughs> some of the burgers were like four patties thick. The, the, it, it, it's serious business. <laughs> it is serious business. Now you you were a judge last year, also, right? Yes, correct. Last year there were I think six burgers. This year there were ten. So I same as you. I was thinking I'd be able to go out for dinner after. I was thinking it was going to be no big deal. No, I'm I'm definitely still still recovering. Yeah, I feel the same way. So, what was your day? I mean, uh, you know, we we did a blind tasting, so we didn't know when we were judging the burgers which right. which who who was who and you know what was what. We were just purely judging it on the burger itself. But uh, which ones did you like best? To wind up liking best. You know, I think that the stop along was my clear winner, and so I was happy that the rest of you agreed. Um, I love that burger. It's very smashy, super thin, um, definitely my favorite. I also, I think that's those last stand had a fantastic burger with a little Merck's cheddar going. It's so Chicago. Right. Loved that one. Honestly, I don't know that there was a bad one in the bunch yesterday. We It was a lot of strong showing. Yeah, there was. I, I can't remember the name of the uh, the burger joint or the restaurant, I guess it would be, but it was a tandoori-style burger yes. that was very, so interesting with, uh, yes. you know, in Indian spices and peppers. And, you know, it was a burger, but it had a very, uh, very Indian kind of uh, flavoring to yes. it, which was so interesting. You know, that's what I was really surprised and impressed with yesterday. There were so many different takes. They weren't just all your standard, you know, ketchup, mustard, mayo. There were really some interesting ones. That tandoori one was great. There was, I think our last burger was a, a lamb Greek style burger with a little feta. It was, that was completely different than anything you normally have. It was, oh my gosh, delicious. Yeah. And there was, there was one alleged burger that they sent over to us uh, that, <laughs> That was like a it was like a gigantic meatball on a oh on my a bun. Gosh. 
it, yes. it wasn't flattened out at all. It was no, a meatball it, with lettuce and good. onions. It looked like a bowling ball. It looked like I, I mentioned to somebody that I that I thought someone was playing sixteen inch softball nearby, and the, the ball accidentally landed on the bun. Uh, right. That's what it looked like, and and it was it's like really, really good. How am I supposed to eat this? Right. You know, we had the alderman's son joining us, and he sat next to me. And he, I mean, this poor kid was going to take a bite of his dad's burger. I don't. He couldn't. His mouth was too small. Right. Right. But he did a very good job, though. I have to say, Alderman Wagaspak's son. He was. He was funny, and he was actually. Oh, yeah. a, really, a, a very articulate critic, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he was just full of sound bites. I'm like, somebody's got to get this kid on TV or something. He just, oh my gosh, he had very, very good critiques. Just, oh, it was, it was a joy to have him with us. It was a lot of fun. We we had a, a, a lovely time. It was so nice to meet you. And yeah, uh, it was ta- great to meet you. It was talk, so much fun. Yeah, talk with the aldermen, and we met so many nice people. And yes. uh, it was, it was just, you know, I didn't wind up leaving until ten o'clock last night. <laughs> The music was great. There was so much to look at. They had a great turnout. The weather ended up beautiful. I was thinking I might go back today. (laughs) Well, I I hooked up with some friends, you know, who were there, and I wasn't, I I couldn't eat anything else, you know, for the rest of the, maybe ever for the rest of my life. I'm not sure, but, (laughs) but, you know, but they hadn't eaten yet. So they were, you know, trying the different burgers. One of them lived, lived nearby so we could, you know, get out of the crowd for a little bit. Go, yeah, go up to the condo, to get a kind of get a little second wind, come back down and right. enjoy some music. <laughs> so it was it was a, a fun day. Now you uh, keep an eye on burgers. Your your website chicagoburgerbible.com, dot com ranks yes. uh, burgers uh, all over the city. So how do you do this? What what do you? What's the criteria that you use for what makes a great burger? So I definitely, I try to look at the whole experience as opposed to just the burger itself, which is a little different than what we did yesterday. Um, but I, I want to look at, you know, the hospitality and how is the ambiance more than just the burger. But I also, I mean, I think that the burger is important. It's about the meat to bun to topping ratio. That's a huge part of it. It's, you know, the way it's cooked. Is it cooked to temp? Is it uh, different? Is it something, you know, that you don't see everywhere? Is it kind of your standard? I feel like these days in Chicago, the style is generally a smash burger, maybe a little either Dijonais or garlic aioli. That's kind of the usual, what you see everywhere. Um, so, I, you know, I, I love that style. So are you doing it well or are you doing something totally different? It's been so much fun. Yeah, I found it very interesting, the uh, the, the trends clearly from the, yeah. the 10 burgers that we sampled. Uh, there wasn't a slice of bacon in the whole bunch. And I know that there so was a time right? there was a time when you could not get a burger without bacon on it but yeah. that that trend is clearly passed and the that the smash burger is like all the trend in burgers yeah. right now made on a grill where you take a you know a, a ball of uh, you know ground beef and smash it down to where it's so thin so when it cooks yeah. it cooks very quickly and it gets crispy and charred it's that Maillard reaction. It's it's very different than it used to be. Those thick patties, bacon, you know, the really robust bun. That's definitely that's not what's happening anymore. Right, and if you know, if people want, um, you know, more more than just a thin, crispy burger, which is you know really good. 
Uh, yeah. one, one of the restaurants served us uh, like sliders like that. And I thought, well, that's, yes. that's really nice. It's just, you know, if you don't want to eat a full burger and get full, just a little slider right. of it is good. But, but most everybody had at least two or three uh, layers of patties, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was definitely, that was kind of a recurring theme yesterday. I like that. I, I, I definitely want the resounding, you know, kind of the, the major flavor to be the beef. And I really felt like that was kind of a theme yesterday. They definitely let the ground beef be the star of the show. And I think that's how it should be. Yeah. So what are some of your favorites now with your evaluating them on your website? Uh, outside, yeah. outside of the ones that we judged uh, yesterday, what, what do you think are Chicago's best burgers? Oh, my gosh, I I could go on and on about this for hours, Dean. But I will tell you, I think my favorite in the whole city is probably Red Hot Ranch, which is, you know, kind of a late night spot. I always whenever somebody's coming in from out of town, I always say that's like the total Chicago experience. It's it's a great burger. It's it might be the cheapest eat in Chicago bite for bite. It's uh, Mm. super, super thin. And it's, you know, it's the double patty usually, and it's got all the standard toppings, but it's just, it's delicious. It's no frills. It's, you know, you're eating outside under the tracks, and it's perfect exactly the way it is. Um, No, tell me the name. Tell me the the name again. It's called Red Hot Ranch. They have two locations. There's one, um, they just moved. It's kind of Bucktownish, but now it's more Logan Square. Um, and then they have another one up on Ashland on the north side. It is fantastic. Okay, Red House, Red Hot Ranch. Okay. Yep. What are some That's of your? That's a great others? one. You can't go wrong. What? And then I also, I mean, I love a sit-down burger. I think who's doing it best in the sit-down burger game these days is probably Gretel, also in Logan Square. You know, I live on the south side, so a lot of times I'm not really in these neighborhoods, but I will travel for a great burger, and they have a fantastic one. It's Again, it's that smash style. It's pickles, onions. Um, I think they do a little Dijonais. I can't, I think, <laughs> or maybe it's a special sauce, but it is so delicious, and they have the best sides, I think, of just about anywhere in Chicago. When it comes to comfort food, they've got great french fries. They have great mashed potatoes. The macaroni and cheese is to die for. It's just, I mean, I always tell people, go hungry, because that's the thing. I mean, right. th- you'll need to be rolled out in a wheelbarrow, practically. Yeah, yeah you can uh, read much more uh, by going to chicagoburgerbible.com. Uh, and I love yeah. on your website, it says, welcome to the no salad section. <laughs> Says I, I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl standing in front of a salad, asking it to be a burger. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's my life motto right there. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, there's. If you're a burger fan, uh, it, it's a great site to follow and to check out. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you again uh, at one of these competitions, Absolutely. Samantha. And we'll love to have you on on the show again, talking burgers or you know whatever it is that you're Definitely. following. Thank- well, that sounds great. It, it was so great having, a, you know, just a total eat fest with you yesterday, Dean. It was. It was. I, I hope the alderman's okay today. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see if he falls asleep at a city, uh, you know, city council meeting. We'll know what happened. Really? Uh, yes, exactly. we're, we're all in food comas today. Uh, Samantha <laughs> Samantha Esposito, ChicagoBurgerBible.com. Have a great day, Samantha. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Good luck with your recovery. I had no idea that there were so many uh, Greek festivals going on today. I was talking about the one that I plan on attending uh, later today at the St. Spiridon Greek Orthodox Church in Palos Heights. 
and uh, somebody called and said that uh, the St. Sophia Church in Elgin was having one today. And also, I just got a note uh, that the uh, St. Demetrius Church in Libertyville is having their Greek festival today. Well, I'm not surprised. Here it is, July. It's summer. They want to get out and share all of that good food. I can go on my flaming cheese tour today. (laughs) (laughs) After your burger fest yesterday. Wow. Why why is Dean's eyebrow singed? Um, I was talking earlier that uh, about the the past few days. Uh, I was in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, uh, visiting an old old friend, and you know, small town life uh, it, it's it, it's so quaint and lovely. Uh, I don't think I could live it. I know a lot of people love it. Uh, I'm good for like two or three days, and then you know I got to see a rat or. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I need. Some, That's a good image. I need some smog. I need some. <laughs> I need someone to yell at. Traffic me I, congestion. I, and... I need some finger gestures while I'm crossing <laughs> the street. Somebody yelling at you. Well, I'm just a city. I'm a city kid. So, but it, it's lovely and it's very charming. And uh, I enjoyed myself. I went to a uh, the Gladstone, Michigan Fourth of July fireworks and. They had a big, you know, a, fe- a festival in their a park that's right on the lake, and it was really very, 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 very nice. But here, the other thing that I noticed, they have a lot of museums, you know, like small town museums. Oh, sure, little local historical societies, yeah. and talking about various things uh, that uh, the community may be are, are known for, for, right, or a connection to a larger uh, era of history. Yeah, there was uh, Escanaba, Michigan is the next town over from Gladstone, where I was, and they have a history of iron museum mm-hmm. there, Yep, because the iron industry was, you know, very, iron and copper, iron and copper, right? iron and copper, exactly. They had uh, a an uh, outdoors museum dedicated to the history of uh you know outdoor life uh up there very very interesting i didn't go to the museums but i drove by them (laughs) oh that's very nice i was busy looking for a rat (laughs) i didn't have time (laughs) the city guy yeah What's the most unusual museum? You you love stuff like this. You used to you know travel all the time with your dad. Did you ever go to unusual? We, well, it, unusual from the uh, uh, from the standpoint that you may not think of you know museums as uh, as a uh, you know we think of the field museum here or the science and industry, but uh, one that that was maybe a bit out of the ordinary. Uh, is also in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, all the way up at Whitefish Bay, called the Shipwreck Museum. You mean Whitefish Bay? Whitefish Bay. Whitefish yeah, Bay. Whitefish we'll Bay. Get some pasties and, and of course, Bay. <laughs> and of course, you know there is a big focus on uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald, sure. which uh, went down in a horrible, horrible storm in the 1970s, and. Uh, Relatively speaking, not terribly far from where the museum right. is right now, but someone should write a song about that. I, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, there's there's a there's a story behind because the it. legend lives on the, from the Chippewa on down <laughs> to the Great Lake. Lake they, they call Gitchigumi. 
Follow the bouncing ball here, folks. <laughs> oh, no, they're singing. Go to WGNRadio.com. Oh, no, people are, all over the people are reaching for their radio dots. Yes. Oh, no, quickly. they're singing again. <laughs> but seriously, that you know, you would think, oh, museums can be enjoyable, and this one is, but there's also a very solemn factor to it because everything that's uh, uh, there talks about ship going back to the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading an article, I think it was in the Tribune, about a, uh, a lock museum. You know, if you think, yeah, lock think and about, dam museum. You think about the history of, you know, locks and, uh, you know, entry, entry locks, you know, like that kind of things. And just, you know, locks to keep things secure. Uh, I was reading the article. It's fascinating. I would go to a lock museum to see these locks that go back two, three hundred years. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the... Um, Oh, what was the one that Spike used to talk about all the time? The Mustard Museum. The, the history of mustard. Mustard. In, uh, it's in Wisconsin. Um, Mount, was it Mount Horeb? Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. How, you know, this was so long ago. It's Spike. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's a place that's got like 5,000 different mustards on display. <laughs> wow. Including <laughs> at that time, Spike was you know selling his uh, bite your butt mustard mm-hmm. uh which was really good mustard it was good way. mustard i had some of that myself Sweet and yeah. spicy i don't yeah. i don't think they make that anymore uh but uh that's what uh that Sp- spikes uh, mustard went there and they had like 5000 different ones and they uh they used to take the coffee and when spike would have guests on their show celebrities on his show uh, Spike would send the coffee cups of whoever the guest was to the museum. And they have like Sophia Loren's paper cup and Gene Hackman's paper cup, like that sort of thing. I love museums like that. A couple other um, interesting aspects about and specifically the Midwest is that a number of older lighthouses have become mm. museums. There's the there's a lighthouse museum of sorts uh at the north end of Old Mission Peninsula, just north of Traverse City, Michigan, uh, that was a lighthouse um, going back well over 100 years. But you can go in. It's actually called a light station where mm. you had families that lived in these. And, you know, the lighthouse keeper uh, was, was on duty there. But families lived there. Uh, and uh, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about you know kind of a remote location there too yeah uh you you're up <laughs> virtually day and night back in the 19th century before electricity but somebody uh, texted in uh that the mustard museum is now in middleton wisconsin middleton okay r- right next to madison mm-hmm. it's another place we should do the show Schwanny. i agree i agree and uh and bring in the burgers that uh, you know from the places. Oh, I'm thinking if we do we get the mustard museum, we need to do hot dogs. Hot dog, yeah, okay, hot dogs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, someone uh, on our text line, yeah. If if anyone's been to an interesting museum, I, I'd love to hear about. I, I love hearing about these quaint little museums or just interesting little finds like this. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. I'd love to hear about this. Somebody texted in and said. That there is a bridge museum on Wacker Drive. Is that I've never even heard of a that bridge museum. Yeah. Well, you know that would stand to reason a great location for it, right on the river walk. Right, well, right on yeah. the bridge <laughs> <laughs> would be a good spot. But where where is the a bridge museum? I'm not sure exactly where it would be, hmm. but 
Um, I did a story. I just looked this up. I just looked this up. Talk about unusual museums. It's no longer in existence, um, but it was uh, called the Museum of Funeral Customs, and it was located near Oak Ridge Cemetery where Abraham Lincoln is buried in Springfield, Illinois. I did a story on this a long time ago. But it was the Museum of Funeral Customs, you hmm. know, early ways in which, you know, bodies were prepared for uh, embalming. And uh, it opened in. Um, hey, hey, come on. Come on, Mom. Come on, Dad. <laughs> Let's go on vacation. Where are we going on vacation this summer? <laughs> to the Funeral Museum. <laughs> But um, it was uh, it was there for a while near Oak Ridge Cemetery, um, uh, recreating uh, various customs, not just embalming, but, you know, uh, the funeral carriages and other things yeah. that were there. I would imagine that's changed quite a bit. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't there something on Lakeshore Drive that was like a surgical, the history Might of have been, surgery? Yeah. yeah. Like surgical instruments that were used mm-hmm. 200 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where that. Maybe on the south side somewhere there. No, this was uh, this was right around. Um, oh, I want to say like around Walton Street. It was like in the oh near the, Northwestern yeah, the, in, in the Gold Coast. Yeah, it was in the Gold Coast section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody texted in that there is uh, a a leather museum. There's a leather museum dedicated to the history of bondage. Is that the one on the... There's something along those lines on North State, isn't I there? I don't know. I already know more than I want to know. That's really that's really all I need to know. <laughs> Just to know that it exists is comforting enough to me. Uh, Won't go any further. Somebody texted in that there is a button museum in Chicago. A button museum? The Busy okay. Beaver Button Museum. <laughs> I wonder if that's in connection with the Leather Museum <laughs> at all. It could be a very... Have a few laughs, keep you updated on what's going on in the world and around Chicago on a Sunday morning. Fairly quiet morning today. We've got our A-list interviews, all of our regular features, theater and music and all kinds of things going on, and our food time show. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about a special salad that you can make that sounds so delicious. I haven't actually tried making it yet, but I heard about it, and uh, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to get on the, the show to share this with everybody. So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. I uh, just wanted to wind up some chat on these little uh, small-town museums that I ran into when I was out of town, and uh, lots of you are calling in and uh, telling me about uh, museums. This uh, surgical uh, museum that I was talking about, somebody texted and said it's called the Museum of Surgical Science. And uh, it is on Lakeshore Drive in the Gold Coast. So, you know, if you're, if you're interested in that, it's just south of North Avenue, I guess, on Lakeshore Drive. And they have the history of surgery, Impl- you know, the tools that they used and instruments uh you know and so forth i guess it sounds kind of uh, interesting uh somebody said that there is a national quilt museum in paducah kentucky beautiful quilts that are really uh fine art i've seen some beautiful quilts i know that's a uh, quilting is a uh, you know super big deal 
so that's that's uh, sounds kind of uh, interesting. Somebody said that in New York City there is a sex museum. Of course there is in New York City. Why wouldn't there be? Um, the Bridge Museum, somebody uh, said that there is one. I'd never heard of it. Born and raised here. I've been all over downtown. I'd never even heard of it. But somebody said that there is a Bridge Museum, the Southwest Tower of the Michigan Avenue Bridge. Learn something new all the time. Um, Let me see here. Let me see. Uh, A lot of repeat stuff here, but... um, yeah, thank you. Somebody said a lighthouse museum in Michigan, Michigan City, Indiana. I've never been there, but I have seen it uh, when I've been uh, up that way. So, yeah, some interesting, uh, interesting museums and collections. If you're, you know, looking for something to do in the uh, summertime, somebody just texted that there is a spam museum. You know, the meat, the canned meat, spam. Uh, there is a spam museum in uh, Minnesota. So. Yeah, that'd be a fun activity for the kids for a nice summertime vacation. Guess where we're going on vacation to the Spam Museum in, uh, in beautiful, uh, I forget the town. Is it Austin, Minnesota? Can't remember. Probably doesn't matter. Look it up if you're interested. All right. I wanted to get to um, this recipe that I, I saw. Um, and uh, it sounds delicious for summertime. I love a tomato salad. Uh, I can't wait until the tomatoes in my yard uh, ripen up, and I can just go in the backyard and pick a couple of tomatoes. I've got some cucumbers growing back there and some green peppers, and I make I just make a nice you know little salad with uh, a vinaigrette, and I put some nice uh, feta cheese uh, in there like a Greek style salad, village salad, uh, they're called. But I love uh, fresh tomatoes, love them. Uh, caprese salad i could eat it every day i've got basil all over my yard uh, that i'm growing uh, but i found this recipe listen to this a bloody mary tomato salad bloody mary tomato salad and it's made with ingredients that are either the same as a bloody mary or simulate the tastes of a bloody mary and uh, you know this is uh, what here's what's in it uh celery a uh, small red onion, uh, some lemon juice, coarse tomatoes, some a couple of pounds of uh, you know nice ripe uh, tomatoes, and you can already find them uh, at the store. If if you're, I, I don't think anyone's tomatoes are quite ready to be picked off the the, the stalks yet, but uh, most stores or farmers markets uh, have some delicious tomatoes uh, right now. But you know, think about the things that you put in your Bloody Mary celery uh there this recipe has uh, red onions or shallot has a little lemon juice a little sugar tiny bit of sugar uh black pepper and some parsley okay so that's the salad itself now for the dressing what they do is they mix uh soy and balsamic vinegar tablespoon of each to simulate the taste of worcestershire sauce uh, soy, a tablespoon of soy, soy sauce, and a tablespoon of balsamic vinegar. Into that, they add a tiny bit of Tabasco. Goes with the you know your Bloody Mary mix. A grated piece of garlic, some celery salt, and some extra virgin olive oil. 
Okay, so you mix the all the the dressing mixtures. Uh, you put the the celery and the red onion in the bowl. Uh, you put the lemon juice, the sugar, the salt, and you let that sit for a little while. And then you make your dressing, the soy sauce, the balsamic, the Tabasco, garlic, celery, salt, and olive oil. Mix that up separately. And then you drain the celery and the red onions because you put that, uh, you know, the, the salt in there. So extra fluid is going to come out. So, you know, get, get all that out there. Then put the tomatoes in at the end. Mix it all together. And it I can't wait to try it. It's, it sounds like such a different take on, uh, you know, a tomato salad on a, on a hot day, a nice, uh, refreshing tomato salad like that that tastes like a Bloody Mary. You kidding me? Uh, that sounds absolutely delicious. I love a Caprese salad. I'm, I, I think this coming Wednesday uh, on my TV cooking segment, I'm going to do some. I think I'm going to do this Bloody Mary salad because it sounds so unusual and sounds completely delicious. But uh, I think I'm going to do some other tomato recipes as well. And in the few minutes that we have left here, let me just quickly open up the phone lines. What do you like to do with a, tom- with a tomato? Uh, a salad or something else? What do you do with uh, you know tomato recipes that I might try on TV? 312-981-7200. Next. All right, 1255. Let's get a couple of quick tomato recipe ideas joy how about you you're higher on wgn hey dean uh i make this for my family every summer and for parties and people love it it's um you take your cherry tomatoes and half them salt them you add avocado um and then i like to use the blackened frozen corn but you can use any kind of corn you like Mm -hmm. you mix that up with lime juice Mm. uh like a quarter teaspoon of cumin and um cilantro and you're set wow wait now give me that one more time cherry tomatoes grilled grilled corn avocado avocado uh I like to use the frozen blackened corn but you could use any corn you would like okay yeah about a quarter teaspoon of cumin right salt uh lime juice usually one or two limes yeah. and then cilantro no oil nope you don't need it wow that sounds delicious i'll bet the avocado makes it a little creamy too right oh it's, yeah it's really good i may steal your recipe joy i'm telling you right now please do oh that sounds delicious and so refreshing with the lime too thank you have it a, gr- have a great for the summer yeah have a great sunday thank you i love that phyllis you're on wgn what do you have Hello, good morning, Dean. Your show is always so fun to listen Thank to. Thank you. you so much for being on Sunday morning. Thank you. Um, I have a fried green tomato. Mm. I think all of us do it, but um, I kind of experimented for a while to really get it kind of crisp. So, sure, a little bit less um, slices. And then you put them in milk for a while. Then you drain them from the milk and put it in flour. Right. Take it out of the Put it in the beaten egg. You beat an egg up so right. it's kind of nice and sweet. Right. Dip it back in the egg, and then panko breadcrumbs, oh. and then you put it in the fry pan. Oh my gosh! For how long did you just brown it on both sides? Uh, just, 
Yeah, so it browns on both sides, exactly. And then you can, you can add, I like sometimes adding a little cayenne pepper, oh, you know, just yeah. depending on how you want to spice it up, you can. But right. you don't have to. They're delicious just the way they are with yeah. some salt and pepper. Yeah, I was going to say, just a little salt and pepper would be fine, but, you know, some cayenne or maybe a little yeah. par- Parmesan on there, would that be good? I don't yeah, you could, you could, you can, they're, they're really one, something you can doctor up, doctor down, you can yeah. do whatever, any kind of flavor you like. You want to put fresh basil from your garden, oh. you know, whatever. Sometimes I put some chives. I cut up, take some of my chives and put them in the egg. So then they're on the in the eggs. Then you do put it in the egg wash. So right. yeah, so you can do all kinds of stuff with it. Put them in a nice hot heat with a little bit of oil. I don't use a lot of oil, just a little bit. I yeah. just fry them on both sides, flip them. Just to burn. And, I'll, uh, bet, I'll bet you could do it in an air fryer too. I'll bet right. You know, you probably could. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah why Absolutely. not? I mean, if you're, yeah. that, every, everybody's right. air frying everything these days. Phyllis, that sounds right. so delicious. Thank you so much. And uh, Donna, real quick, I have less than a minute here. What do you have? Gazpacho. In fact, I'm oh. ladling some out. I know. Do you have a recipe for that already? I love it. I love gazpacho. Yeah, I made it. You make I made it okay. with uh, like the usual green pepper, onion, cucumbers, but I put some watermelon in it also recently, and it gave it didn't okay. make it overly sweet, but it gave it just uh-huh. a little sweetness to it, and uh, it yeah. was really good. What do you put in yours? Well, this one has tomatoes in it, too. Oh, tomatoes, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some tomato paste and garlic and, um, you know, just whatever vegetable you have in yeah. your house, you just yeah. put it in the blender, yeah. and voila, you have cold um, vegetable soup. Try to make it the day before. It tastes better the second day. And oh, I made this two days ago. Oh, Donna, I know, Donna. That's going to be so delicious. And then you, I know. you keep it in the fridge so it's nice and cold. Absolutely, there is Absolutely. nothing more delicious on a hot day than gazpacho. I love that. Isn't that great? Yes, Donna. Thank you so much.